Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howe. And welcome to the first episode of season... What, what's, what season will this be? Three? Four? Three, three or four? Let's just say uh, the, 2020, the first episode of the 2021 season of the Tories <laughs> by Chance. Uh, it's our big kickoff to the year. A little later than we expected, but uh, you know, one of us got sick. Uh, man. Yeah. Awful. But he's better. But he's better now. So that's that's good. And we we're here to talk about tons of stuff. We got tons of movies, news. We got trailers. We got sports. A lot of stuff going on in the NFL right now. And of course, the movie of the week. We're kicking it off with our anniversary series, starting with movies celebrating their 10-year anniversary. And to this year, to this one, we are talking about 2011's Warriors. Movies 10 years old. It's kind of it's kind of hard to believe. It's crazy. I like. I was thinking about. It, I'm like, wow, it really has been ten years. It's yeah. kinda, it felt like it just came out. Yeah, it's wild to think about that. But before we get into that, we got some other things to talk about. First of which is our, you know, our weekly NFL talk. You know, things are heating up, both on and off the field. I mean, we're in the middle. We're in the midst of playoffs right now. Uh, we're, we're, we're in the midst of playoffs right now. We just had the divisional round last weekend. Uh, to <laughs> to uh, well, to a lot of things. First of all, the Rams predictably got spanked by the Packers. Yeah, that was not a surprise. Uh, no. Kind of a wa- waste of uh, team in the NFC. Yeah, well, well yeah, waste of, waste of a spot. But the Seahawks didn't show up, so what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, let's see, what was, what was the other one? Oh, the, bi- the Bills. The Bills and the Ravens. My God. that was, You want to talk about getting smacked? Was not expecting that. I thought the no, uh, Ravens would come out a little bit more competitive. I, I, th- I thought the Bills were going to win. I didn't think it would be that badly. <laughs> Yeah, and I didn't think they were going to hold Baltimore to what three points. Yeah, cause I don't think I don't think Baltimore even saw the end zone. Yeah, it's it's crazy when you have a talent like uh, Lamar and just absolutely stone. You know, they stone stone cold them, man. They, you know, they definitely didn't allow any uh, any big plays. And yeah, I think that just shows like how much Lamar Jackson is, how much he needs to evolve as a quarterback because this season, like, yeah. after having an MVP year the year before, this season. In my opinion, at least, I know a lot of people show this. This season's been a letdown. I think. Oh yeah, for them. Yeah, absolutely for them and for him. Uh, You know, once you start playing a certain way, teams start to try to adjust their defensive to kind of uh, you know hone in on what you do and 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 teach their defense to you know this is what this guy's gonna do. This is, and then the you know defenses are ready for these types of plays. So uh, yeah, you got to evolve as a quarterback. You got to be a good pocket passer. Yeah, uh, not just with your feet. They were about Michael Vick, the guy knew how to throw, guy knew how to throw the ball. Oh yeah, yeah. Seriously, like you know, if you're a dual threat where you can run and you can be a good pocket passer, then then that's when you uh, can make some big plays. I still think Michael Vick. I still think Michael Vick like the gold standard of du- of double of dual threat QBs. Yeah, because he did have a laser, and I mean, he was quick. I mean, his, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I think back to the days, you know, in Atlanta, mm-hmm. when they stunned the uh, Packers there at Lambeau. Uh, yeah. I think it was um, a playoff game. It was. Yeah, and um, only a brick wall. Rem- only a brick wall could stop you. Its name yeah. is the Eagles. Yeah, and it was um, it was just crazy though, like just to watch uh, you know him work with his feet and just he was he was a rare talent that you don't see a whole lot of. Yeah, it just it's it's a shame. Well, I mean. It's also partially his fault, but it is a shame we didn't get to see his career like develop as I well mean, as yeah. it could have. Again, which yeah. is mostly yeah, I mean, is mostly his fault. I mean, you sh- you shoot yourself in the foot. I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean, you didn't you didn't actually you didn't pull a plaque to go. You didn't actually shoot yourself in the foot, but yeah, I mean, yeah, this uh, is true. Uh, Browns cheat. This game was interesting. 
Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, hats off to the Browns for just playing a what an interesting season it's been for them. And, you know, that, um, you know, that surprise uh, at Heinz Field there the week before. Yeah, well, I mean, it, just, was, it was it was it wasn't pretty, but at least it got our OC fired, so that's nice. <laughs> yeah, but I'm ju- I'm just saying, like you know, and to come out and have a shot there at the end of the fourth, you know, in the fourth quarter to you know have a shot to uh, tie the game or potentially go ahead. I mean, it's, especially because it's, like that came off the back of Kansas City losing their best player. Oh well, yeah, I mean that, and you know, there are some calls there. Like the, the uh, touchback, yeah, or the, yeah, the touchback where I think it was they could have easily called a helmet to helmet shot because he totally was targeting. That was absolutely helmet to helmet. I'm surprised that was a that no was call. targeting. That yeah. was targeting, and and I, and that switches back, man. That, that that turns the tide right there because if I mean it puts the ball at the one. Um, if if that's if that's the case, probably end up scoring a touchdown and or just a field goal, but still points potential points are off the board now because of that, you know? Probably, so. but, also, but also, like, it's also part of the Browns' fault because they fail. Uh, when, uh, what's his name, Chad Henney came in after oh. Mahomes was taken with a, with a, with a helmet-to-helmet. Yeah, it's University threw, of Michigan's Chad Henney. Dude threw a duck like I've never seen. Like, honestly. Like, what, yeah, like, nobody I, was there. What, yeah, I'm like, who the, like, who the hell are you throwing to? <laughs> yeah, that interception like, was that, bad. That, that, guy, that guy, he could have called for a fair catch. Totally made up for it, though, the last Oh, uh, he did. That last, last drive. drive. First of all, that do, run by him. How do you let uh, – the thing that I, like, was head-scratching is how do you let, like, 12-yard run happen? You know what I mean? Like, that's that's something you don't let happen. Especially when you got, like, Miles Garrett so. and Taki Taki and all, those, and all those boys. But Yeah, yeah I mean, like – uh, Like, the, the balls, know. the balls on Andy Reid to make that play call in that situation. For sure, and and the thing is, they should have all been. I would have played all those guys on that line because those guys, like, it's probably going to be a run or a short dump pass to get those yards for the first down. Like, pre- um, like I don't know why there was. I don't know why they were in zone. Like, play, like press coverage, yeah. do something. Yeah, it just it, it just wasn't. I don't know. It, it's very questionable. Uh, it was poor defensive poor, setup. poor defensive scheming on the Browns' end. Yeah, for sure, and it just, and like I said, it, you know, it cost them. It's just one of those unfortunate things, but. You know, uh, future's bright for them. I think they have a lot of things that they can hold their head high on. I mean, uh, you know, a lot. You know, you finish a season with two wins against the Steelers. You know, you go to the playoffs for the first time in 20-plus years. Um, you, you win know. a playoff so, game in the first time in 20-plus years. Yeah, you, you, you know, and, you know, you have a shot. Like, literally, you're a couple plays away from being in the AFC Championship game. I mean, it's... You know, it's 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 kind of crazy to think about it. I mean, you went toe to toe with the you know world champs there for four quarters. And uh, last one, last game of the week was uh, the final divisional round between the Buccaneers and the Saints, the ultimate Senior Bowl. Uh, Braves versus Brady for eh, <laughs> Braves, Breeze versus Brady one last time, maybe because uh, yeah, things did not. I have Breeze was just a shell of himself yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I think I credit that to Tampa's defense. I think Tampa really made him uncomfortable in that game. Uh, they just ma- they were there making plays, you know. Yeah, um, but... it, and, and Tom Brady just continues to <laughs> defy logic, man. I don't. Uh, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't. I don't get. I don't get it. I don't yeah, understand it, how he's doing this. He's the exception to the rule, man. I, uh, I mean, it's, I guess, it's, but... it's crazy to watch. Fourteenth um, conference championship coming up next Sunday. Okay. And I'm, I'm like half are justified, um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. You look, you look at this like I think I mean, we know the killer with the Saints was, was turnovers. 
Yeah. A few were on Breeze, but the other ones are most kind of like, you saw a lot of like bounced off receivers' hands and shit. Like, well, even the one that, um, what, the tight end, Cook or yeah, whatever. Yeah, Cook dropped. Uh, he, he, he got popped, you know, he, he had that ball popped out of him. I mean, you know, you, you have to go into, especially a game like that, you have to be extra cautious with the ball. You don't want to let plays like that come back and bite you. And that's what that play did because I think Brady took them down and scored a touchdown right after that Cook turnover. He did, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's 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 a double-edged sword, man. It's 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 tough because you know you have a good you know somebody was going to have to lose that game. I mean, you have Brady, you have Breeze, you have two you know great quarterbacks, um, and now now look at you've set up for a nice nice match, for the NFC Championship. Now yeah. the battle of the number twelve, so my, it should be fun. Michael, Michael Thomas, surprisingly, no catches in this game. Your best receiver, I your I best receiver. No, well, I, I mean, can't. Yeah, I mean, he had targets. He had targets. He just couldn't catch the yeah, ball. I couldn't believe that either. I'm just like, wow, like your best receiver, man. I would find ways to just try to get you the ball, you know? So, yeah, but uh, crazy. I mean, the thing about like going into this game, and at least like the aftermath has been interesting because mostly it's like a lot of conversation surrounding is this, is Breeze going to retire after mm-hmm. this? So, what, what do you think? Do you, do you think this is the last ride for Breeze? No, I think he comes back for one more season. Um, I think there's a bad taste in his mouth after that game. Um, I don't know. It was, it was nice to see, uh, uh, Brady come over with uh breeze after and throw catch to like his kids and stuff like that. That, I was, that was nice. kind of cool. Um, it shows you at the end of the day, they're still human, <laughs> so, but, um, I think he comes back. I think he comes back for one more. Um, I mean, he's contracted for next year anyways. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's just, it's three home playoff losses in a row. That's tough. But the the Saints are in a rough spot next year because they have like I think like a hundred million over the cap. Yeah, because they put all their I mean that Emmanuel Sanders pickup from the Niners uh, that dumped a lot of that dumped some money that they have to definitely coop up there. Um, I don't know, man. I I don't know. I think he comes back for one more. I, I really do. I, I think he comes back for one more. I think he retires after this this next season. Yeah, same thing with Brothsburg, which was I was kind of look. I'm I'm a Dallas Steelers fan. I was kind of hoping he retired this year because like look, I love I love Ben. He's the, he's a Hall of Famer, undoubtedly a Hall of Famer. But he just he just can't do it anymore. <laughs> we got we got to stop this. You know what though? The thing is, and I you know. I don't know who I, I would have credited the Patriots organization because they had a quarterback there waiting to come in the wings there with Garoppolo. And, you know they got I mean? of, and they got rid of him. So I guess I would kind of credit. I guess the 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 best analogy of this one is probably Green Bay having Aaron Rodgers sit back all those a couple years there while Brett Favre was playing and kind of learning the game there yeah. through him. Or even so um, when it went, or even the Niners when they got Steve Young. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you want to take it back further than that, yeah, you know, you have, you know, have them watch, you know what I mean, a great quarterback, and then have them, you know, work with him, and then have that time just to be around him, and I mean, um, I mean, I mean, and the, then come in, and then you you see what happens. Like, not all, these organizations aren't doing the, you know, the thing to do of drafting for the future. It's like, well, crap, uh, we we we're the Jets, and we have to hurry up and put our our quarterback in, you know what I mean? He's like he's he's never played the game before, you know. That's like 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 a Tua situation, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's studying under Fitzpatrick of all people, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, and it seems like the, the Packers are trying this again with Jordan Love, but I mean, it's probably not a good idea to do this now, especially the way the way they drafted him. But 
I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. But yeah, I mean, next week yeah. we got this is not for all the marbles, but for the chance to play for all the marbles. We got we yeah. got Bills versus Chiefs, and we got Bucks versus Packers. Go yeah. Pack! I guess I'm rooting for the Bucks because I mean I Tom love Brady. Brady. Um, I mean I just I, I don't know. It's gonna be a tough. That's gonna be a tough game, especially in that inclement weather with a lot of those guys from Florida not being used to that type of weather. I think that's gonna be hard on them. But I, I think of Brady. I mean he he played that stuff in Foxborough, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, that Bills Chiefs game comes down to who's gonna start for Kansas City. Um, if my thoughts you know, exactly. If they get Mahomes out of the you know concussion protocol and he does all the things that he needs to do, comes back and is cleared to play, Chiefs win this. I think it's going to be a tight game back and forth, and I think it's going to be a high-scoring game because of the fact that the uh, you know Casey doesn't have a defense. And really, I can see like I mean, and the Bills kind of do have a defense. They are kind of kind of a tough team, so it's going to be one of those things. I think it's going to be a you know a you know a gun show. But we'll see what happens. I have Kansas City on that one. If Mahomes starts, if Mahomes doesn't start, obviously I'm going yeah, Buffalo. Bills. But I think it's gonna be a tight game. Yeah, no, I'm go- yeah, same thing. I'm going Bills if I'm going Bills if, if Mahomes doesn't if Mahomes doesn't play. Oh, for sure. I don't think you can't. You know, Josh Allen's just having a great year. Um, you know, a better year than I think anybody would have thought. You would oh, have said this yeah. last year that you know that the Bills are going to be in the AFC Championship. They're going to also win. The division that had been owned by the Patriots, I'm like, no way. But well, I mean, we, that also comes with, like, also comes with the the asterisks that Brady got traded. Well, yeah, and and wouldn't that be crazy? They were like that the Bills have to go to the Super Bowl and play Brady. <laughs> that, that'd be that. Be so nice. he's always there. He's <laughs> every yeah. everywhere they go. Brady's right there. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that turns out. But we actually had a lot of a lot of uh, interesting off season uh, shakeups. First of which, uh, we got some new head coach signings. Uh, oh yeah, the Jets. Uh, sorry, the Jags finalized a deal with uh, Urban Meyer, former uh, Ohio State coach. Uh, Jets finalized a deal to have uh, Robert Sala, former 49ers DC, come in and uh, come and be uh, the new head coach. The Falcons hired Arthur Smith, which is a questionable decision. <laughs> uh, actually, not, yeah, a little bit. Not as questionable as this. The Cowboys have parted away with Mike Nolan. They got a new DC, and who did they get? They got Dan Quinn of all people. Yeah, definitely not a. Uh, well, that's one of those moves. You're like, what the hell were you thinking? Type thing, you know? Yeah, but like this is still not the most curious. Moves. Most curious moves came from the Chargers and the Lions, and the Lions haven't finalized their choice yet. But it's looking, it's looking pretty solid. So the Chargers hired former, I hired the Rams DC Brandon Stanley <laughs> as their new yeah. head coach. Yeah, that guy. That guy. <laughs> and the I forgot, I forgot who the Lions were looking to hire. They're, they're looking to I forgot his name, but he's the Saints DC. Which it's a rough year. I mean, for I mean, I think the Dan think the Campbell. Best, Dan Campbell. The best steal I think was obviously the Jets getting Sala. I think that was a uh, yeah. Solid that, no, that's that's a that's a great pickup for the yeah, Jets. I mean, I, mean, I, I like Sala's DC. Well, being in a, being a Niners fan, man, it's like it sucks because he brought that defense to relevance. Like they were literally, he inherited the thirty second ranked defense, and he made them top. Like they were top last year, and I think they were top five, top six, or they were within the top ten this year. And they, they had all those injuries, so that just shows you the type of mindset that he is. Um, I think the guy that the Niners replaced him with was kind of under him. I think it was like a, I don't know, somebody who worked. Co- close with Salas. So I don't feel as bad, but I think the Jets definitely got the best of the best. Um, Jacksonville, 
You know, I don't think Urban Meyer is going to produce look, in the NFL. Look, I, and I really don't. Look, college coaches in the NFL are either massive successes or total flops. Usually, total yeah. flops. Yeah, and I, I, at the exception of the rule, now one's my boy Jim Harbaugh. I think well, Pete, um, Pete Carroll also. Pete Carroll's done well. Well, and Pete Carroll, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm thinking like, like right out of the gate, come out. You know what I mean? I think P- Carroll had some. He had some rough, rough seas with um, New England when he coached too. I think. Was it? Was Pretty, yeah. I'd be like, he was. Yeah. He was an. A, he was an HC in New England. Yeah. Well, he. I thought he got his. He got his. What? No, not New England. Where the hell did he? Did he start at. Did, wait. So he got his coach. Okay. Never mind. He was. I th- was he. He was an assistant in New England. I think. Huh. He might have been. I think that. that sounds oh my right. god! I swear. He. I thought he coached another team before uh, Seattle. Oh. He, 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 okay. So wrong. he. He was. He was New England's head coach before Belichick took over. I see. Okay, I'm not crazy then. I do remember. I that. Forgot, okay, yeah, I, I forgot about that. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. He so was, I am okay. He was an he was an NFL head coach twice before that. He coached the Jets in '94. Yeah. Then he coached the Patriots right before Belichick got hired. Yeah, and that's what I meant, like with the unsuccessfulness. And you even look at Saban coming into Miami and, and, and bombing and leaving for uh, you know the dynasty of the year or dynasty of the last almost two decades, pretty much. But. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I just don't think that uh, – tr- I mean, Trevor Lawrence is obviously where they're going to go. Jets need a quarterback. I don't see well, them taking field. I don't I mean, see them taking fields. The, the, the Jets the Jets won't get a chance at Trevor Lawrence because the, the Jags take over them. Or not the Jets. I met the, J- I met the Jags. Yeah. I'm sorry with uh, Urban Meyer. But um, I do think that um, – I just don't know. I just don't think Trevor – I think Trevor Lawrence is obviously going to be your answer at quarterback. I just don't know what's going to happen in Jacksonville because he doesn't have any weapons around him. You know, I mean, they got they got like they got a. I mean, I'm sure they have like cap space to move things around. They can sign weapons for him. Yeah, and for sure. And I think then the other thing is like, what about you know, Urban Meyer's health was always an issue. Um, you know, going in and coaching and stuff like that. The is he going to be able to? Is he going to be healthy enough to coach? I just don't think he's used to winning. At a high level, right in college, you're not going to be getting that every Sunday for Jacksonville. I'm not, sorry, it's not, not going to happen like not that. Not from you know? Jackson, not from Jacksonville at least. There's nobody out there to help complement Trevor Lawrence. No, you know that's that's the that's the sad thing. You got to strip this down from the bare bare bones. Like we're talking, like you're building a city from the ground up, pretty much. Yeah, they 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 need they need receiver help and they need it badly. <laughs> From where they were at, and I think we talked about this before. From where they were at a couple years ago, having one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, Saxonville, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the hell. Like, it's just it's amazing to see the um, the carousel that is the NFL. You never know what's going to happen from year to year. I think that's the beauty of the sport. Yeah, so we'll see. But the most interesting part of the free of the, you know the offseason so far has been around surrounding one man, and that man is Deshaun Watson. <laughs> so take so taking a bit of a walk. So Deshaun Watson, uh, QB for the Houston Texans, uh, you know he, he seemed to be having a pretty good thing going to, with Houston. I mean, last yeah, season before yeah. they had it, they finished what like ten and six. Yeah, I mean it was a happy marriage by the Facebook pictures, right? You know. Yeah, no, ten, 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 <laughs> ten and six, go to a playoff yeah. game, or actually beating the Chiefs before halftime, and they remember they were cut by Bill O'Brien, and they blew it by, and they blew it by halftime. Being up 28 points, by being the way. Being up 28 points. Then Bill O'Brien takes over, and then, yep, yeah, no, we're, we, blew, blew, we blew the lead. Hey, we're not going to hold this lead, guys. We don't want yeah, that. Yeah, so we're like, okay, you know what? We still have a, a lot of good pieces for next season. 
<laughs> Again, then Bill, then Bill O'Brien becomes the, the, the GM of the team. And then chaos ensues, mostly regarding one move where he traded DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best receivers You're, in the league, for yeah. nothing. I mean, for literally nothing. a bag of chicken nuggets from McDonald's. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if, if trading Jadavion Clan for trash wasn't bad enough, how about trading DeAndre Hopkins for a running back who's had like one season of elite production? Yeah, it's it's and head no scratching. first round picks. Nothing. Nothing. So like it's so uh, yeah, he's rightfully fired. Deshaun was pissed off, obviously, mostly yeah. because like he found. Yeah. I think I think I don't think he found out like officially. I think he found out like over Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, and like Watson's stats, like for yards thrown, you should have seen like he had a ton this year yeah, without no, having still, like really any playmakers. That's, that's the thing. Regardless of like missing his best weapon, yeah, he still managed to finish number one in passing yard. I want to say like number one or yeah. number two in passer rating. Yeah, I want to say like top three in passing touchdowns. Yeah, which is, I mean, crazy to think that you didn't have like much talent around your team to do that. It's, and the team uh, still finished four and twelve. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and so, after that, he went to Jeff. To, and keep in mind, right before the season started, Deshaun Watson signed a massive contract extension. Literally, the second most expensive contract in the NFL until yeah. Patrick Mahomes discovered the goddamn monolith. Yeah. So It took it, it, took it to bed. And took it to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, obviously, he's just like, okay, look, I'm going to be here for a while. Look, I, I would like to be consulted. Uh, yeah. you know our our GM and coach selections like they're not saying you have to approve everything by Deshaun but like he's like hey I know some guys they came highly recommended take a look at them it's like okay sure we will they proceeded to not do that <laughs> and they hired oh Nick Nick Casario is his name right the guy out of New England uh, yeah I think so yeah, yeah Nick, Casario, Nick Casario to which Deshaun Watson again found out via Twitter yeah it's not a good, uh, not a good marriage between the two, and it's kind of unfortunate because if this is going to be your franchise guy, this is your bread butter, you know uh, what you're doing. You're not building a solid foundation of trust with an organization. So, uh, yeah, it's just it's it's really mind blowing, really, because you, you know, you had, and I remember when the Niners were in 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 limbo drafting or whatever, and I wanted them to uh, pick up Watson because I thought he was, you know, he's he's a special star. I mean, yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that, that started the rumor circulation of how Deshaun Watson just wants out of Houston. Rightfully yeah. so, because that youth, that organization is a trash heap, and it doesn't look yeah. like it's going to turn around anytime soon. Why? Because they, no they have no draft capital next year. Yeah. They have no stars. They have no cap space. Yeah, outside of J.J. Watt, who's That's, been pretty much loyal. But he definitely voices distaste. Even J.J. Watt wants to leave. Yeah, and that's, I mean, and that's your, that's your, fran that's your franchise guy right there, man. Yeah, so um, it's yeah, it's just a matter of thinking like, is Deshaun Watson going to continue to be a Houston Texan next season? To which a lot of sources are saying, no, he's probably not going to. Which I understand. Yeah. The problem is, where is he going to go? Because like we said, he has the mo the second most expensive contract in football right now. Yeah, you you're gonna have to give up the Earth, Moon, and Sun to uh, yeah to do that. And I know my team's considered for him, and I I, I don't want them to because I think they have on the they. This is again. This is rumor real. There's no way in hell this is ever going to happen. And I hope to God it doesn't happen. But they talking about getting rid of Nick Bosa and a couple first round picks or something like that to get Watson to San, San Francisco, which I think is absolutely crazy. Like to even consider that, being that Nick Bosa is one of your best young players on defense and a franchise guy that you want to keep around for the long haul. I I can't see that. But um, yeah, 
That's I know the Niners are on the table for the Watson thing. I heard. I mean, the most likely spot seems to be Miami. Yeah, which uh, my my wife's going to be so like, what the hell's going on? Because uh, she, I mean, because she's a big Dolphins fan, and you know she. You know, she just bought Ella, what, a Tua little shirt. Oh, a Tua jersey? Um, yeah, a little Tua shirt, not a jersey. One of those, like, jersey shirts. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and, she's a, and she's a big fan. Like, I mean, you know, and, and, you know, they had a great year this year. You know, 10 and 6, you know, unfortunately didn't play in the NFC where you can have a crappier record and go to the playoffs. But um, I do like – I like the tutelage of having a Fitzpatrick behind Tua. I, I like that. I, I do – because when Tua, you know what I mean? When you have the, oh, shit, you need to pull the ripcord. Oh, well, we're going to bring in our clothes or Fitzpatrick to clean up the mess. You know what I mean? And he does it. <laughs> and he does it, man. Um, what do you think you do? You get rid of Tua? You well, get rid I mean, of Tua to Houston? They have a lot of draft capital, which is something Houston desperately needs. So I think you, I think like the most logical sense, the most logical move would be trade Tua and a couple picks, mainly that Listen. third overall, which they, which they only have because of Houston. And listen, and then you pick yourself up, uh, Mr. Devonte uh, Devonte Adams from Alabama. Devonte, you have a guy. Devonte Smith. Devonte Devonta Smith. Devonte Smith. Sorry, Devonte. I'm thinking of Devonte Adams from the uh, Green Bay from the Packers. Same damn, same damn first name screws me up. The Heisman, uh, Heisman winner, Devonte yeah. Smith. Yeah, <laughs> um, who's absolutely one of the best fucking receivers I've ever seen, bar none. Uh, the guy's half of an actual receiver. At a buck seventy, soaking wet, and the guy can run routes around anybody. But I, I think he's going to be a special player, and that's why I was telling Beck because um, one of Beck's coworkers, the the owner of the restaurant that they have and that she works at, he's a big Dolphins fan, and that's what he was pushing for uh, Devonta uh, pick. It could happen. So I mean, I mean, that third pick, you get rid of that. That that free, I mean, that's. That's a franchise receiver. That's a that's a future Hall, Hall of Famer if he plays how he plays. I mean, you could. You could also pick up uh, a little lot of talk about Pen, uh, Pen I Sewell. Yeah, who's regarded as like one of the best offensive tackle, pro- the best offensive tackle prospect since Orlando Pace. Okay, so I mean, you know, you you have that on the table so, like, as well. You, you it just have depends options. on how you want to go. And it it'll be funny if like the whole if the whole like mantra of the twenty nineteen season was tank tank for Tua, they get Tua, and they trade yeah, they get, trade him away. I just I, my thing was. And I told my wife, he just wasn't ready. You could tell. I mean, he he's definitely going to be a good quarterback. You know, I think a okay, good okay to good quarterback. Um, he has some good, uh, you know, he has some good. Uh, that one kid from uh, that one kid, uh, the receiver. I can't think of his name. It's her best receiver, Parker. Uh, no. no, not Parker. What the fuck is his name? What the hell is his name? He's I mean, he's their best receiver, and I wish Kenny Stills would have stayed because that'd have been a good one-two tandem. Who the hell's their? I'm gonna I'm gonna hate on it. I'm not getting it. Is, it. Oh, it is Parker, Devonte Parker. It is Devonte Parker? Hook out another Devonte. See, I it's all it's all rushing in your head here, but um, he's a really good he's a good solid receiver. I think, like I said, I I think I keep Tua. I really do. You tank for him. You, <laughs> you, you pick three. I mean, you pick three. And again, QB is notorious to take a while to develop. So I'm not yeah. going to judge. I'm not going to say Tua is a bust based off a of one season. No, because when I what I've seen with him, because I obviously have to watch have to watch the games every weekend. Um, I see a kid that does elevate the other players around him as for as young as he is. 
Um, and I see somebody who wants to win, who has that hunger. So that's I mean, that's that's some of the intangibles that you can't really instill in a lot of you know NFL players. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Like like we were saying though, you're going to have to give up everything for. You know what I mean for Deshaun Watson. You, you need, is it going to be worth it? That's the you, thing. You need, you need a franchise. You need a franchise that had like a lot of like open cap space. Uh, and we don't even in San Francisco. They don't even have a whole lot of open because they got to they got to resign because we just signed Kittle to a big deal, um, and we tanked all that money into Garoppolo, which I still don't think he's that bad of a quarterback. I, I think the thing is he's not bad, uh, but if, if you can get Deshaun Watson, you get Deshaun yes. Watson. What, but what do you got to give up, though? That's the thing. What, what, what do we got to give up? You got to give up a talent like Nick Bosa from Watson. I say don't do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to take over. I think I think his contract was like four years, one hundred seventy-seven million. That would be like a Dallas trap. Dallas would like something like that, or uh, like Oakland. Oakland would like something like that too, Dude, or that, Las Vegas. The, I should the say. biggest the biggest middle finger to Dak Prescott, Jerry Jones could pull is signing is like, signing to Sean Watson, and then he finds out on Twitter like how everybody else finds. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be insane, but I, I, I think there's like a good like sixty forty chance he stays in Houston. I'm not counting on it though. I don't know. Yeah, kind of. I'm kind of. I'll go right with you. Like sixty forty. It's because it's like our team's gonna willing to give up all that for I him. I think. I think they will because dude is clearly one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. So oh, I think no, totally. There's a reason why I wanted San Fran again when he like when you know they were drafting that year. So I, th- I think I think if he wants out, there is somebody who will take him. Please God, not oh, the yeah. Jets, but there is somebody <laughs> who will take him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's it for NFL talk, and we'll continue to you know monitor this as the season goes on. Free agency is going to be very interesting this year. I can say that. For oh, sure. absolutely! It's going to be really, really exciting to see some, where some of these uh, guys go. Uh, we're also at another blockbuster. We don't discuss basketball a lot. The basketball season just started, and I'm, I mean, I'm sure it's like public like, news by now. But like, there was a massive, massive trade to happen in the last couple of weeks, and the James Harden finally was finally let go of Houston. He finally got out, and he was traded to where the place he ended up. My God, he ended up in Brooklyn. That's right. Yeah. James Harden is on the Nets. Not, I mean, not a surprise. Yeah, it's a surprise, but it's not because it's you know we're always in the big, you know, the big three, the big three you always hear about. And Everyone tries I mean, to make a dynasty. Everyone tries to make a dynasty, and like these these blockbuster trades happen all the time. But still, like my God. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy, but I mean. You know, you got KD, Kyrie, and uh, Harden. Harden. That should be a little bit interesting. I which, mean, they're gonna, which, which is crazy. Har- like Harden and KD back on the court together on the same team for the first time since the Thunder. Which is uh, which again? You and I have talked about it. What what a t- what a team to n- never win a championship. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah it's wild that they, that, that they never yeah. won a title. Kind of think about it. Kind of think about it. Has Kevin Durant ever won a title? Okay, uh, he, he has. He has. Well, Kevin, he, he had won with the, one with oh, the Warriors. Yeah, with the Warriors. Warriors, which doesn't help. I mean, because you know his yeah, uh, legacy is always like he has to get. He had to go. He has to go to big teams in order to win a championship. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm like, he, like, he's definitely won a title, right? But it's like, yeah, but without the Warriors, no, no, he's not. He has. I think he he won what two with Golden State. He did seventeen and eighteen, and and he was. I think he was MVP of both finals. He's, I mean. he's... One of the best players in the NBA. I mean, oh, the guy's a great dude, player, no, dude's no, no a, doubt. Dude's a guaranteed guaranteed Hall of Famer. Oh yeah, I mean, he was like that. What I think he played in Texas. I believe he went to college. Yeah, he did. And uh, guy was a beast. I mean, to have somebody that tall, 
be that good from the outside shooting is yeah it's, it's crazy yeah that, yeah i like how it draft but yeah that that team's going to be that team's going to be dangerous that's team that, the team's going to completely run the east there's nobody in the east i think i outside of i would say maybe boston can't contend but i'm saying boston would be another team in the uh, east i think outside of that there's nobody else yeah no we'll see but uh yeah so that's the as of our sports talk now we move on to our trailer talk which oh we have we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, first show we're going to be discussing is, you know, let's, go, let's get this one out of the way first. Let's, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Oh, Lord. Now, I remember <laughs> I saw this trailer. I did, too. I saw it like in a theater. I don't remember what it was showing in front of. I saw it, too, and it was like forever ago, I feel like. Yeah, right? Yeah. It was something big, though. It might have been like Avengers. might have been like Avengers or something. No, it, that wasn't it. No, that, that might have been it, actually. It doesn't matter. Point is, I don't remember. Point, point is, is, we we saw it forever ago. Yeah, we saw it forever ago. Like we never saw it again. And then this, then this drop. I'm like, oh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get some get some clues. No, yeah. because same, same trailer. No, same thing. But honestly, and it's, and I want to talk about. It. I'm glad Sam. I want to talk about this on here because this feels like I I first time I saw it, I remember like oh this is like it's like an SNL sketch that I don't know about because I that's I'm, what I was thinking. Cause I'm it has so that feel. tapped out on because like it's. Cause like it's it's acting like you're supposed to know who these people are. Yeah. It's and like oh yeah them okay. Yeah you know, you know Barb and Star. No <laughs> I I really don't. No like who the fuck are you? Talk who, to me. Who are you? Who are you? Identify yourself. <laughs> Show me some ID, please. Yes, uh, I have no idea who this Barb and Star is. And tell some and tell some goddamn jokes. S- seriously, show us your freaking face. <laughs> yeah I mean like. Hanukkah. So this is this is a movie. It stars Kristen Wiig and I forgot her name, but it's the it's her co-writer from Bridesmaids. They both wrote oh, the script. That's the one. Is it? That's not the one with the uh, that's friends with the uh, the French dressmaker. No, that's no, not, not no. That girl. She, she was the one who was like the other one who was like really paranoid on the airplane. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking. Yeah, about. She, yeah, she was. She co-wrote that script with her, and they co-wrote this. Okay. And that's the only reason I'm investing in this trailer because honestly, like, there's there's no joke to sell me on it. There's it's gonna like, be funny though. There's no. I hope it's funny. I really yeah. hope it's funny. I'm, yeah, because when I was going through IMDb, because I remember like, what the hell? Who the hell's in this movie? And I I looked and it's like, yeah, well, Kristen Wiig with that other chick from Bridesmaids. So, like, yeah, this should be pretty funny. I hope so. And I, ho- I hope the next trailer is fun. Is like, you know, has some jokes. Yeah, and show some face. And show some face. <laughs> We already know what you look like. I don't know why you're trying to hide this. Yeah, it's like, dude, we know we know Kristen Wiig. Yeah, we it's know good. We, we know we know Kristen Wiig. We know this yeah. other chick. We just go yeah, back and all... watch Bridesmaids. Yeah, seriously, we don't have to do this this mystery like like uh, who like Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Who's the mystery of the of the kid? Um, it was I... the kid that was the bully. The bully was the kid, the bad guy. That's, that's the one. The one that had lines. Yeah, no shit, we know. <laughs> it was the only person it could be. Uh, but anyways, uh, next trailer we're talking about is for Malcolm and Marie. So Malcolm and Marie is a, it's uh, it's a black and white drama film directed by Sam Levinson, who uh, uh, created Euphoria, which is on HBO, uh, and basically about a filmmaker and his girlfriend. They return home from, from a movie premiere, and they you know, they await the film's critical response, and they just like you know it goes into, like a big like talk about their their you know, their relationship it started Zendaya and John David Washington. And look, well, first of all, I should say this movie was filmed in secret during the COVID-19 pandemic. 
So like this is just the whole the thing they shot. Probably banged out pretty quickly. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, seems a little pretentious. It's yeah, like, I, I could see that. But I mean, it, it's interesting. I mean, I like John. Day, I like John David Washington enough to the point where I'll watch this. Oh no, I think it looks fine. Um, what's the age? What's the age gap between Zendaya and him? It can't be, be a little bit of an age gap. It can't be that big. I mean, she's young. Okay, Isn't so she? yeah, so John. Okay, oh wow, that's bigger than I thought. So John David Washington's thirty-six, Zendaya is twenty-four. Okay. Yeah. I. All right. Yeah, that's okay. But um, no, I think it looks okay. I like I said, um, I'm kind of curious to see it. I think you know John David Washington. I think is up and coming. Obviously, we've we've sung his praises and the things that he's been in. Um, I don't know. It should be fun. Like it looks like a good movie. Zendaya has been good in the things that she's been in. Has she? Uh, I mean, she's been decent <laughs> enough. I mean, I could, I could, she's, you know, she's we could been throw like out, okay. And think she's she, been. We could, I could name you a ton of people that are probably way worse than her. I mean, know? sure, but I can also name a ton. I, I also name, name a ton that are better. Oh yeah, I'm not saying she's Meryl Streep. Now, come on. Um, I just think I, I do think it looks good though. Yeah, I think it looks interesting. I mean, after like I said, I will watch it. Um. Uh, I know, I know, I know, like the whole like pretentious, pretentious calling, people calling pretentious counts. It's it's a little hypocritical because like Raging, Raging Bull is one of my favorite movies of all time. So we'll see, we'll see how this one turns out. Uh, next show we're talking about is for Bliss. So Bliss is a drama starring uh, Owen Wilson and Salma Hayek. So it's about an unfulfilled man and a mysterious woman that believe they're living in a simulated reality, but when their newfound you know, bliss world begins to bleed into the ugly world, they must decide what's real and you know, like what's you know, what's really going on here. Yeah. Like I said, it stars Owen Wilson, Salma Hayek, a bunch of other people. Bill Nye's apparently in this movie. <laughs> oh, I, I did see him. Yeah. Bill Nye, you mean the science guy. The science yeah. guy, yeah. You you saw him too, right? I did see him. I was, like, I was like, that's not fucking Bill Nye. Like, you know what I mean? One of those things, oh that guy looks like him. No shit. Okay. But uh, yeah, uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Bliss? Uh, did you get Eternal Sunshine vibes at all? I did, yeah. A bit? Okay. Um, I mean, I think it looks okay. I mean, I'm curious enough to see it. I mean, I have Prime, so obviously going to watch it. Um, it's nice to see Owen Wilson headlining in something because he's been like MIA for quite some time. He's got Loki. Like. He got Loki coming up. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I, it looks. I'm curious enough about it. Funny enough, I, funny I enough, both these both these actors are in upcoming MCU projects. They got everybody. Wow. Now. <laughs> they got everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. Uh, yeah, so uh, Bliss set for a February fifth, twenty twenty one release. Uh, next show we're talking about is going to be for Cherry. So Cherry is the newest directorial effort from the Russo brothers. Uh, you know, same guys who brought us the last—I want to say the last three Avengers films, but I mean, the last two and Captain America three. Civil War is essentially an Avengers film, so the last three. Um, yeah. Uh, stars Tom Holland as this guy who—he's—he's uh, he's an army medic, has PTSD, becomes addicted to opioids. They start robbing banks to pay for his to pay for his addiction. Uh, and I will say this, man: this movie actually looks—I think—I think it looks really good. <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely do. I, I just like it, like it, it how it, 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 trailer moves it in real slow. Like you know, he just he's writing something. He writes it on a you know dollar bill. You know, I have a gun. This is a robbery. Um, I don't know. And then all of a sudden we start to see all this stuff. Like it starts to hit you know really hard. The the trailer. 
Um, kind of what you said, though. I mean, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I think this looks fantastic. Yeah, partially based on real life events is based on a book by a guy named Nico Walker. It's based on his life. Who he did he did end up doing this. He served time for jail for robbery after coming out of the army. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I will say that you know, Tom, Tom, like, first of all, this this being like the next Russo Brothers movie, I do think this is a good you know break the change of pace. Like, and you can tell like this is something they wanted. They wanted to do because they're tired of working. They're like after better part of a decade working on big movies, or half a decade I should say, for like a half yeah. decade of working on big movies. Like there's like hey you know we want to do something smaller, something more personal. And like yeah you know what yeah we we can we we can we can work with this. <laughs> Tom Holland Tom Holland's voice kind of throws me out of this because he still sounds like a little boy. <laughs> I mean he still looks like a little boy. He still looks so, like I a mean, little boy. <laughs> I mean I mean one shit I mean this kid's gonna be. This kid's gonna not gonna. This, kid's well, gonna, this kid is gonna be. While, this man. kid's gonna be seventeen for the next fifty years. Hey, I mean, hell, God bless you, man. Have you got them jeans like that? I guess I'd rather look young than old. You know what I mean? I guess, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, def- I think it definitely looks like. I, I think it looks really good. I'm excited to see what he gets. This, this is a very like demanding role of, of an actor, especially one of Holland who's never really had to do anything quite like this. So I'm very curious to see what it is. I'm, I'm curious to see what it is he can do in in a, in a part like this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's uh, it's going to Apple TV Plus. So if you have that, good for you. And oh, actually, drops really soon. Comes out February fifth. No, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong one. That was also for Bliss. Uh, there you go. Bliss <laughs> comes out February fifth. Uh, <laughs> this one also comes out relatively soon. It comes out February twenty sixth, twenty twenty one. So right around the corner. And then March, I think uh, the streaming thereafter. I think it's February twenty sixth in the theaters and Apple, and then I think March other thing. I, I don't know. It said something with March too. Did they? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go back and check. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely see that. Uh, yeah. one. I definitely want to see it when it comes out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next year we're talking about is the United States versus Billie Holiday. So this is one that I think was set to come out earlier this year. Or, 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 like, not earlier this year, like last year. And it's basically a, uh, it's a, it's a movie about Billie Holiday. And it's a thing. It's a thing actually like happened in real life. It's crazy to think about. It. So Billie Holiday, a famous jazz singer, and she was actually like the, the forefront of like an FBI like smear campaign. Yeah. When like civil rights was a big thing, they try. They basically tried to kind of like def like defamate her. Yeah. And it was it was it was a fucking wild ass story. It was actually made into like like Billie Holiday actually lived like a very interesting life. It was actually made to another another movie previously, Lady Sings the Blues, starring uh, Diana Ross. Uh, which is also like really, really good. Go check out Lady Sings the Blues. Uh, but yeah, this has a cast beat. Uh, singer Andre Day, who is she's an excellent singer. I want to see how she actually is as an, as an actress. Uh, uh, as Billie Holiday, Javante Rhodes, who's from Moonlight's Natasha, Natasha Leone, Garrett Hedlund, uh, so many other people. Uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for uh, the United States versus Billie Holiday? Uh, yeah, I think it looks fine. Like I, kind of what you said. Um, it, it, I can't believe that Billie Holiday went through this type of shit during her career. Obviously, as a you know famed you know jazz musician. Um, really kind of curious to see, well, you know, about it just because of the fact I don't know a whole lot about her. So uh, obviously, seeing this kind of makes me a little bit more intrigued. Yeah, no, I definitely think that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A great cast. I'm uh, directed by Lee Daniels, which is great. I think this is his first like full. Like feature like film since what the butler, the butler yeah, yeah the butler so his first feature film in like eight years. 
so crazy. And I like the fact that they casted a musician, obviously, to uh, yeah. to play Billy Holiday's part, Mus- obviously. A, a musician and a singer, so. Yeah, so. Uh, and, and, betwe- and between this and uh, Aretha F- Respect, the Aretha Franklin movie coming out, is a big year for, uh, for jazz singing biopics. So yeah, uh, United States versus Billy Holiday is set for a is going straight to Hulu. Set for a February twenty sixth, twenty twenty one. So there you go. You can double feature that and Cherry in the same day. There you have it. Uh, next trailer we're talking about is for the, the next the next three we have to talk about are just bizarre, and that's that's putting it lightly. Uh, next one we have to talk about is for I care a lot. <laughs> so I Care A Lot is a Netflix movie. It stars Roseman Pike. And it's about a woman who basically swindles old people out of their homes. Like, gets them in nursing homes so she can sell their house and she can pocket the cash. Uh, until she tries to swindle Diane Weist. And it does not go well because she has some powerful friends. Uh, it's directed by Jay Blakeson, who hasn't done anything I've seen. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Oh, I'm sorry. He did do one thing I've seen. He did The Fifth Wave. I saw that one. Uh, but yeah, uh, you also did The Disappearance of Alice Cree, which I've heard is really good, but I have not I have not seen it. Uh, but this one actually looks, I actually think this one looks really stellar. This, look the, this looks like Rosalind Pike. She's an actress who's like, she broke big and gone, girl. Like, like that's one like everyone just started like loving Rosalind Pike for obvious reasons. She's excellent in that film. Yeah. But yeah, outside of that, she hasn't really, have, she hasn't really landed anything like Massive, massive after that. She didn't really blow up in the way you think she would after giving a performance like that. Yeah, not mainstream. I, the only other one was that uh, report where she played that reporter. Yeah, Private War. But that I, I don't think anybody saw it. Obviously, I don't. But uh, yeah, this looks. I mean, this looks fantastic. I really, again, you know, she's just very sinister in this film. You know what I mean? It, it kind of, it kind of does take you a little bit of like Gone Girl esque. Yeah, I feels, mean, a little bit. Playing, I'm, I'm, feels like she's playing the same character. Yeah. Yeah, just a smaller percentage, like not right. without the uh, you know bad shit crazy in a different way, I guess. But um, yeah, just swindling these like old older people out of their homes and out of their you know out of their savings and stuff like that to to profit off of it. It's crazy. I mean, but. It looks intriguing, and I, I think Roseman Pike's a great actress. And kind of what you know, what you said. I, I just, it's a shame we don't see her in more stuff, because with Gone Girl and the just the you know the movie that was such a great movie, and um, we just really didn't get to see her like really blossom into anything really much after that. It was kind of unfortunate. Yeah, but maybe, maybe this will be the start the start of it. We'll see. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I think this actually looks really good, and I do, I do want to watch. It. I want to see what like what the thing is going down. I'll, this one, wow, February twenty sixth, lot big day for movies. <laughs> got this one. You got Cherry. You got the United States Billy Holiday. So Russell, what are you watching first? Which one am I gonna watch first? Which one? All the, I think what I care about comes out the nineteenth. I thought. Uh, what I'm looking. Oh, I'm sorry. Nope, that does come out the nineteenth. I apologize. I was I was I was looking at the other day, nineteenth. So I mean, still still within a couple days. Okay. Uh, what are my choices here? Uh, okay. So say they're all, say they're all coming out the same day. They're all dropping on their <laughs> album streaming service on the same day. Okay. You, you got Cherry on Apple Plus. You got United States vs. Billy Holiday on Hulu, and you got I Care a Lot on Netflix. Oh, man. Um, I might go with I Care a Lot first. Interesting. Then Cherry. And then Billy Holiday. I think that's kind of how I would go. Um, yeah, just because I, I, I care what looks. I don't know. There's just something about it. I just it looks. I, I don't know. 
I just it just looks super intriguing. I'm not saying that Cherry and Billy Holiday don't. I just think that that's where I would I think I would go with I care a lot first. Yeah. So uh, next show we're talking about is for uh, breaking news in Yuba County. So breaking news in Yuba County is a woman about a woman played by Allison Janney, uh, who tells. Okay, this is hard to explain. So this uh, explains how she. It's about how she tells the media her husband disappeared. But maybe he did it. Maybe he ran off with somebody else. Maybe his hand was like some really bad people. I don't know. We don't know. But it just doesn't give you a lot. But it just gives you... You get the vibe of this trailer. It is like a, like a dark comedy uh, drama-esque movie. It has, a, has an all-star cast. Uh, Allison Janney, Mila Kunis, Aquafina, Wanda Sykes, Matthew Modine, uh, Juliette Lewis, Regina Hall... Uh, Directed by Tate Taylor, who did uh, directed a lot. I mean, directs Janney and a lot of stuff. I think she, I don't think she's made a movie without him. Uh, get the help, Ma. Get on up, the girl on the train. I guess he directed Ava. Holy shit! I didn't know that. Um, but what uh, the one with Jessica Chastain? Yeah, I guess I guess he did. Really? Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, huh. Russell, what did you think? What did you think of the trailer for uh, Bat? Breaking news in Yuba County. And I don't want to say that I'm not going to say that it, it, it reminded me fully of it, but a little bit Fargo esque. A little bit. Kind yeah. of a little bit. A little bit with the dark, I guess, it, with it, the dark It comedy. does feel like a lost Coen Brothers movie. It does. Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's something I never would have expected, like, Mila Kunis to be in. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious enough about it, I guess. Kind of what you said, the trailer doesn't really give you a whole lot, and I guess maybe that's a good thing. Um, it leaves you to, I guess, kind of want to know what the hell's going on. So it might be a, maybe a good thing. Um, yeah, I, I, sure. Why not? Let's let's go with it. It, it looks looks good enough. No, yeah, I mean, I do. I, do, I think it looks interesting. I do, yeah. I do want to see like what what exactly this is all building up to. <laughs> I, I do. I do like like kind of like. I mean, I, I do like like crazy. Crazy, like weird, like crime movies like this. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it adds a lot. To th- I think it adds a lot to the genre. I think it a- I think it adds to. Yeah, I I, I think it's a like refreshing change of pace for a genre like this. So yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Uh, dropping February twelfth, I think. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, February twelfth, twenty twenty. Uh, and last year we're talking about this is the this is the big one. This is for Willie's Wonderland. Uh, this is a movie in which this is Nicolas Cage fighting evil Chuck E. Cheese animatronics. Yeah, I mean you can't you can't get better than that. No, you can't. You can't. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, it's about Nicholas Nicholas Cage plays a guy whose car breaks down, and this guy comes like, "Hey, you know what? I will pay to get your car fixed if you just clean this place tonight." <laughs> which Cage is like, "All right, that sounds good." But yeah, uh, it's like a Chuck E. Cheese type place when all the animatronics come alive and try to kill people, and try to kill everybody at night. Uh, which is funny because this is, this is the premise of a ga- this premise became popular because of a game uh, a couple, couple years back called Five Nights at Freddy's in which like you play a security guard for like a place like this and the whole objective is you gotta like survive with while these animatronics try to kill you. Uh, which they're also making a movie of, but it's not starring Nicolas Cage. At least I don't think so. It'd be really weird if he was in both of these. But uh, yeah, Russell, you got Nicolas Cage fighting <laughs> demonic, like, demonic animatronics. So, yes, yeah, yeah. My answer is also yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, anything that Nick Cage has done 
recently. Boy, his what a different path he went uh, for his career. This, this <laughs> the is, back end here, the this, last like this ten is, years. This is what happens when you go broke. Uh, hey, I'm absolutely curious about it. I'm going to watch it. Uh, you have Nick Cage you get, you, with Chuck E. Cheese animatronics. Yeah, I'm 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 on board with it. Let's. Yeah, it, it looks fun. The curious thing is, I don't think Nicholas Cage even talks in this movie. No, because I didn't hear him talk at all in the uh, the trailer. And I think like, the, the line of the trailer was like, "You don't talk much, do you?" Or some shit like that. I'm like, does he, does he not say anything throughout this entire film? Oh man, that that, that kind of be brilliant, I, honestly. That would really suck. I kind of I really hope that just maybe he 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 breaks out once like all these like all this shit happens. He just goes crazy and then really just lets out. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we will definitely we will definitely see what this what exactly is going on here. But Absolutely. Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely curious as to what. Well, I mean, I'm curious and intrigued. I want to know what this movie's about. I want to know what's going on here. And yeah, also drops to VOD February twelfth. Which don't watch a lot of VOD movies, but this one I'll absolutely, I'll absolutely give it a watch. Yeah, it has my twenty dollars. Absolutely. Uh, next piece of news we're talking about. I'm sorry, uh, that's it for the trailer talk. We know much notorious news. Uh, f- our first piece of news we're talking about. Uh, Aaron Aronofsky, Darren Ar- Aaron Aronofsky, Darren Aronofsky, has found the lead for his next movie. Uh, the movie can be called The Whale. Uh, it's going to be set in uh, the Mormon country of Idaho, and is about oh, you can't make this up a six hundred pound gay man who can't leave his apartment and is estranged from his daughter. There you, there yeah. you have it. And uh, to lead this movie, none other than the Mummy's own Brendan Fraser. Which is just like, huh? What? Good, good to see him back. I mean, cool. I mean, I, good, I, good for him. I mean, yeah. He seems likable enough. I mean, I don't think he's the, I don't think he's the greatest actor, but you know, uh, it's good, good that Brendan Fraser is getting work now. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. It's yeah, kind of. Good yeah. to see him back. It's, wow, the whale. That's kind of that's wow. That 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 that's a title. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Russell, what is you know you, you hear this premise here, Brendan Fraser, the star. That gets you intrigued for the next Aronofsky film? Yeah, I mean, because obviously, you know, there's a lot to unpack with Mother. Um, a lot of people, it's just, uh, it, it, what could have been, you know what I mean? With that, I guess. And uh, yeah. it's it's been a while. You know, it's been a while since, what, Mother came out, what was that, 2017? 20... 17. 17, yeah. Um, so it's been a while and like, kind of like, you know, Brendan Fraser back at it. I, it's, it's kind of nice to see somebody back from like, you know, like I, I was, well, me growing up, you know, there was an, a ton of movies and then like kind of just fell off, you know what I mean? Just was completely out of the, you know, out of working and it was just in little stuff, you know? And then his career just like took like a downward spiral. Like what was he in like furry vengeance and like some other random shit, yeah. I think. And then his career just went like tanked, and he just wasn't doing anything. Yeah, kind of nice, kind of nice to see him get back into it. Which is not doing anything for a while, but we'll, you know, we'll see. If, <laughs> we'll see if he can bounce back. We'll see if he can bounce back. Yeah. And, you know, teaming up with a director like Aronofsky, who's like very particular about his talent, is it's, it's a good way to help. It's a good way. It's, yeah. It'll go a long way for you. For sure. Uh, also, have some TV news. First of which, we found out that the Lincoln Lawyer is getting a Netflix adaptation. Uh, uh, not Dan Skip Allen's gonna be excited. Is he? Without, does he love that movie? Yeah, he's a hu- he's he's a huge. Uh, you know what? I, we just actually Beck and I watched that not so long ago. Really good movie. It is. Actually. Um, but I guess apparently it was supposed to get. It was supposed to be 
a spinoff there forever. They never got it. They weren't able to get it up, you know, up and going. Yeah, well, now they're getting a series. Uh, but however, uh, Ben Affleck will not be. Uh, no, not Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck's not going to be in the show either. Now there's Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that leads to the that leads to the next movie. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so uh, it was a wor- it was a work in Netflix, but th- it was a work at CBS. But Netflix picked it up, and it will star uh, Manuel Garcia Rolfo, who you may recognize from Magnificent Seven. He was in Widows for like a like a hot minute. Like you re- definitely recognize this guy. Yeah, you see his face. Been a lot of stuff, but yeah, uh, Lincoln Lawyer. Do you think that? I mean, wh- what do you think this would be as far as a Netflix show? Because you know that if this were on like network TV, this would totally be like a legal procedural. But with yeah, Netflix, I mean, like, like your typical thing. Yeah, yeah but, but with Netflix, do you think that they're going to go like a different route with this? I mean, you're going to go. I mean, obviously, you're going to go legal, but you have a little bit more freedom, I think, to kind of do a little bit more with it than. As opposed to being like a you know courtroom drama, like a Law and Order, or like a Jag, or anything like that, you know. Yeah, there were there were apparently there were apparently like a lot of books based on the same characters. So yeah, that's what he was saying something about that because I remember I don't know what the hell were we talking about. I think we were talking about I think it was Rankum or one of his things were um, like top three or whatever McConaughey cameos or something like that. I don't remember. Anyway, we got to talking about it. I think that's what happened. He started saying something about the Lincoln lawyer. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, you have more freedom to do a little bit more with it, so I'm kind of excited to see that aspect of it. You know what I mean? Because um, the Lincoln lawyer is a really good movie. I, I, I really enjoyed that film. Underrated. So Underrated. Yeah, super, super underrated film. Um, yeah, so, I mean, obviously, if you have a series with this, that'll be fun. I think that'll be a nice, like eight or ten episode series there on Netflix, probably like what, like 50, 55 minutes a piece probably. And probably. I, I hope it, I hope it does good. Cause like, like I said, you can go so much with that, with that uh, character and with that whole environment. Yeah. So we'll definitely, we'll definitely see how it turns out and we'll see. And yeah, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how it goes without McConaughey because he was a big selling point for that original one. Oh, absolutely. Uh, also going back to streaming, uh, sex in the city is getting a reboot. Mostly, mostly. Here's the thing, though. This was announced that uh, you know, you got all your favorite characters returning. You got Sarah Jessica Parker, Cynthia Nixon, Chris and Davis. All your favorite characters, except most people's favorite character, because yes, uh, Kim Cattrall will not be returning for this show. A lot of people like Samantha's character too. Yeah, I know. Which is which is the whole thing. Of just like, wait, why are you yeah. doing this without Samantha? Yeah, like and, the I mean, whole nympho, nymphomaniac of the four. Which we, which we know the reason. Know. The whole, the whole reason is because I want to. I can't. Maybe, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just projecting it, but I want to say that Kim Cattrall and the other Second City ladies had a falling out at some point. Wouldn't be surprising because I think Kim Cattrall probably she seems like yeah she I, seems like yeah, that. she'd I, be I, the I, one to have. A- I've heard Kim Cattrall is like not the easiest to work with, but hey, she uh, she was obviously well, she was the main selling point of that show. But do you, do you think the reboot needs her? I mean, oh man, I don't know. She's really good. I mean, she is she, her shit. Like the stories that she gets into, and the the way her character just doesn't give a shit. Like you know, what I mean, she'll go after anybody that she wants, and like she'll tell like she's very upfront in your face about what she wants to do, you know, and, or what she does or what she did. Um, oh man, I, I don't know. I yeah, I think you could probably still go on without her. I just think it's um. A detriment to it if it, if they do you know what I mean because I think um she's a, she's a huge you know she's a huge follow for that for that uh, franchise for the TV series and for the movies 
Yeah, so we'll definitely see like, how this how this turns out. But yeah, for all you Sex and the City fans out there, which I know is a lot of you, uh, we are <laughs> you're getting you're getting a re- continuation. Hooray? Question mark. We'll see. You're getting three fourths of your of your continuation. Hooray? Question mark. Hey. Seventy-five percent is better than nothing. <laughs> yeah, yes. we got th- we got three quarters. That's all Dang. that matters. Yeah, we could do this. Hell yeah! Now the reason Ben Affleck is on my mind is earlier is because Ben Affleck has lined up his next directorial project, or one of his next. He got he's got a couple up in the can. Uh, this is going to be about. Uh, he actually got one lined up at Disney of all places. It's going to be an adaptation of the adventure novel Keeper of the Lost Cities. Uh, this is about. A uh, 12-year-old telepathic girl named Sophie finds it hard to fit in school and her family. And then Sophie discovers that there are other people in the world who can read minds. And she learns that she's not a human being. And that she really comes from a parallel universe from like a parallel universe to the real one. Again, a book I haven't read. But the selling point on this one is Ben Affleck directing. I think I can yeah. speak for both of us when we say it. Ben Affleck directing. Doesn't matter what it's about. Sold. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially obviously because like live by night wasn't like his greatest, but uh, it was not. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely down. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I mean I definitely want to see what it is he can turn out. Again, I'm, I, I I want more Ben Affleck movies. That's all I want. I want more Ben Affleck movies. I completely agree. Please make more movies. I don't blame you for live by night. Just please make more movies. <laughs> uh, speaking of someone who is making more movies, though, uh, David O. Russell is making movies. Uh, because his next, his next, uh, his next movie just got a lot more stacked in the cast department. We already talked previously about how, uh, you know, Chris, Chris, yeah, Christian Bell, Christian Bell, Christian Bale. My God, what's happening today? Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, and John David Washington were on, were already on board to cast. Uh, with John David Washington replacing Michael B. Jordan, which sad. But uh, you know he had he had scheduling conflicts. Not sure what the scheduling conflicts were, but maybe it's Creed Three. We'll see. We'll see what it is. Probably Creed Three. That makes the most sense. Uh, but joining the three of them, Russell, I'm gonna hit you with these names. You're gonna, tell, you're gonna tell me. You're gonna tell me what what's a hit and what's a hit and what's not. You ready? Yep. Rami Malek, moderate hits. A half half a hit. Half a hit. Zoe Saldana. Hit. Robert De Niro. Definitely hit. Mike Myers. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe a hit. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it depends on what kind of Mike Myers you get, though. I, I'll give. I'll give you. A, I'll give you a three-quarter hit. Timothy Oliphant. I'll give you a hit. Michael Shannon. Oh, that's a definite hit. Chris Rock. Hit. Anya Taylor Joy. Definite hit. Matthias Schoenarts. I don't know who's. You'd recognize his face if you saw him. What was he in? Uh, he's been a lot. He's been a lot of stuff. Uh, he's a, he's Something a, he's, I would recognize him from. Yeah, let me see. What'd you recognize him? Did you, ever, did you ever see the loft? The loft. Why does that sound familiar? No, loft, I don't think big, I've heard a bigger of it. Splash, Red Sparrow, the Mustang. Red Sparrow, know. I saw. The old guard. Yeah, he's in. He's in Red Sparrow again. Look, look, look his look his face. I beat it. Alessandro Nivola, who's been has been. Like, kind of quiet in the acting department. He's been he's been in stuff, but he hasn't been in anything like super big recently. Okay. Uh, and Andrea Andrea Riceboro, who you recognize from, you know, Happy Go Happy Go Lucky, Oblivion, yeah. Birdman, yeah, Eternal yeah. Animals. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but either way, like this is like a stack. This is now like a stacked like ensemble film, which David Russell's famous for putting together. But now, 
Okay, Russell, we have three massive ensemble films. And no Jared Leto. Which is fantastic. Which is the biggest hit. Yes. So if you're looking at the ensemble films of 2021, you got this. You got Don't Look Up, which is the Adam McKay, Netflix, astronauts are trying to warn everybody the world's going to end movie. And you got Dune, which was kind of like the kind of like the precursor to all of this. Which one are you looking forward to most? I mean, I know it's obviously Dune, but which one are you looking forward it, to most? Yeah, I would say Dune. Yeah. Okay, so I, bet- I between say- Don't Look Up and this David O. Russell movie, I'd go David O. Russell. Really? Because well, who's who's in the other one? Uh, I think it's, it's got a better cast than this. I can say that. Uh, so so you got DiCaprio. Oh, that was that one. Yeah. Yeah, okay. DiCaprio, yeah. Chalamet, okay. Jonah Hill. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with, yeah, I'll go with the other one. Yeah, other then one. Then David and Russell last, yeah. Same same here. But either way, yeah. I do think that, I do think that we're getting, 2021 could be like a good year for like ensemble, like big ensemble pieces. Which is, Here's hoping, here's no hoping. pandemic, right? No pandemic. Is something else going to fucking come out of left field in March? Please, God, no. Uh, okay. COVID-24 is here. Songbird was right. Yes, please, no more. Please, we're done. Uh, speaking of casting that got a people, that got a reaction to people, there was another casting that got a massive, massive reaction, but not a good one. Uh, so, uh, there is, there's, there's been a biopic on Lucille Ball in the works for a very, very long time. Aaron Sorg has been attached to it for a while, and it looks like they may have found their Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz in the form of someone we did not expect, two people, two people didn't expect, actually, uh, Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem. To huh. which everyone was like, yeah, to which everyone was like, huh? Yeah, not, okay. Not dissing on the talent of either of these. These are two very talented actors. Problem is, neither of them look anything like Lucille Ball or Desi Arnaz Jr. Or Desi Arnaz yeah. Sr. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Kate Blanchett for a while was attached to play Lucille Ball. Which I think was a, I think she actually looked, she looked enough like Lucille Ball so she can pull this off. I would say more so than Kidman. More so than Kidman does. Yeah, yeah so, Javier Bardem is, yeah, I yeah. don't see that either. There's also like a lot of people calling that calling like whitewashing because, yes, he's Latin, but he's Spanish, so he's technically white. Yeah. So, yeah, I, look, uh, obviously, look, again, we're not dissing on the talent about it. These are, these are two highly acclaimed Academy Award winning, talented as fuck actors. I just don't see them for, the, for these parts. Yeah, I, I really don't. Yeah, there's gonna gonna be a hell of a makeup job on the on these two. Seriously. Also, Javier Bardem's voice is like way too deep to be Desi Arnaz. Yeah. Lucy, I'm home. Yeah, I, I don't know how that would work out. Yeah, I just I can't, I can't see it. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna see. Did you, ever, did you ever watch Trial of Chicago Seven? I still haven't seen it yet. Me neither. Oof! Wow, that's sad. Need but, to get the, we need to get the, well. I'm sure it'll be nominated for something, and then I'll I'll watch it. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely gonna watch it at some point because we gotta do our top tens at some point in oh, this yeah. month. Oh yeah, yeah, because especially then I think about it, it's like I've only seen like I think this year I only seen maybe like if I'm lucky forty movies that were released this calendar year, yeah, this so past calendar year. That's why we, that's why we're not doing like top tens like immediately because we want to take time to you know, catch up because and like a lot of things I wanted to see aren't coming out until like later this month like one yeah. night in miami which i was really excited about just came out oh yeah which i definitely want to check out on uh, prime yeah uh so closing out with some comic movie news first of which we got an update on the snyder cuts 
And hey, well, this movie sounds. This movie keeps. This movie continues to sound like a pain in the ass. And I say movie because this is no longer a mini series. This yeah, one is no longer no longer a four part mini series. This will now be a four hour long movie. Four hours of Zack Snyder. I'm on it. I'm I'm down. What do you mean you're on it? No, you're I'm not. I'm on it. I'm down. What do you we'll do when it. do you have time to sit for four hours and watch something? <laughs> I don't I don't get that a whole lot, but uh, I'll, I'll have to do it at night. I mean, I'll you, have to do it at nighttime. You still have not seen The Irishman. When are you going to have time to have, when are you gonna have four hours to sit down and de- dedicate to this thing? <sighs> I don't know. I really want to watch it, though, Chance. I don't know. Um, yeah, this this is one I will wait for The Irishman like breakdown of, like, hey, here's how you watch as a miniseries. <laughs> because I can't take that much Zack Snyder in one sitting. Ah, uh, man. That's going to be the runtime, though, for sure. Four hours. Four hours. I don't know. I'm down. I, I wanted to see it, so I don't know when the hell I watch it, but I don't know. I don't, I'm down to do it. I still don't think we have a release date on this. Let me, let, me, let me check if they ever got a release date. It was March. March is it, 2021. Is it officially March? I thought that's what they were aiming for. Oh, it, they? it is It is March. It is March. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, uh, no word on like an official release date, but... Uh, yeah, it's definitely happening. Uh, two months, two months. Maybe, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll review it on the show. Who knows? Yeah, we'll have a watch along. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We'll oh, see. Look at that. I get the hamster wheel turning there. <laughs> like, uh, next, next piece of news talking about is we have some MCU news. Uh, first of which, it was announced that Deadpool by Kevin Feige himself, Deadpool three, it will be in in the MCU and will be rated R. Which I think is the thing that was like ever in question. I think it was said like a long time. Like even when the merger started, like said like yeah, Deadpool's gonna say radar. It's not. It's not gonna change. Oh yeah. Yeah, but it, it, being the MCU is a curious thing now because like you know how much do you incorporate him into the other like PG thirteen movies? Because his vibe is just so different. Which yeah is which even like for the MCU, I think his vibe is a little too weird. Do you, do you have him cross over with the other characters or? That's tough, man. Just because of tough. the vibe. I mean, because. He's not like you're, you know, gonna, he's going to not say how he feels and he's going to keep it he's, he's, G-rated, you know. It's, he's, he's a live-action cartoon character. Yeah, with, like, out, with no, like, no barriers. Yeah. It's kind of it's tough. But the interesting, thing about, the interesting thing about this is the fact that in, in the MCU and it'll be rated R, which begs the question, like, do you, like, will this R rating carry over into other properties? Like, the big, the big one being, like, Blade. Like, is yeah. Blade going to be rated R? Which a lot of people say that that is the one that should have an R rating because it is, you know, it's vampires and it's blood and she's like, you know, those yeah. original ones were like so, like, you know, they were like really gory and like really like creepy. Do you think Blade would benefit more from an R? I mean, I think I know the answer, but do you think Blade would, do you think Blade should be rated R? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it should. What, the four, the four other Blades, or no? Three. Three there's Blades. Three, there's three Blades. <sighs> I kept thinking Blade Three, then I then, I'm, then I was like, "Oh no, Blade Trinity is the third one." Uh, anyway, um, all three of those are rated R. Um, I don't yeah. see why you wouldn't, why uh, you know, why undo precedent. I mean, but yeah, I'm, I'm just curious to see like how like if they make these like solo movies rated R, like Blade and like, yeah. Deadpool, like how how would crossovers play? If it, because I mean, you can't because you can't have like Blade dropping motherfucker in his own movie. Yeah, and well, then like even like you know the Punisher, obviously, who I mean, obviously is completely unrelated, but still for now, know, for now, least, for now, he's unrelated. Well, the same type of character though. Do you know right. what I mean? Like a rated R setting type character. You know, 
I don't know. Or do you see? They should just put all the rated R ones in the one little thing. You know what I mean? Have well, a little, let, let them have their own crossover. Seriously, I think it'd be cool shit. Oh, that would be. Actually, that, there actually was a run called Marvel, uh, called the uh, Marvel Knights. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck. Well, no, what was it called? Marvel Knights. I mean, that was that was a brand. Yeah. Oh, fuck. There was, yeah. It was like it was like a team where it was Moon Knights. It was Moon Knight, Ghost Rider, and Blade. Okay. What were they? Call- what were they called? This this is gonna drive me crazy. And this crazy gonna be crazy because we're t- gonna talk about Moon Knight in a little bit. Uh, fuck. Moon Knight, Moon Knight, Blade, Ghost Rider. What were th- what was their team called? Midnight Suns. That's it. Midnight Suns. Okay. Yeah, it was basically just a team of them, and like other characters of that nature who would like fight like you know supernatural threats, and they were they were like they were like a hard like a grittier like harder are avengers so yeah and that, that again is a possibility because like so they're doing blade they're doing moon knight yeah. and they have the rights to ghost rider back i mean it's just a th- just a thought i mean because if all those characters and all that whole entire you know world property you know it all kind of like flows together more so than having kind of what you were saying you know you risk put what putting deadpool into the group with all these other guys like yeah it's cool as hell but like he can't be really like deadpool though do you know what i mean yeah. yeah. So we'll definitely see how that turns out. But speaking of Moon Knight, like I said, uh, it looks like Moon Knight may have got a new cast member. They added the villain who played by, I can't believe this is real, Ethan Hawke, of all people. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. So Ethan Hawke is signed on to star opposite Oscar Isaac, who was confirmed to play Moon Knight uh, in the new Disney Plus series. Uh, no word on whether or not on who he's playing, but a lot of speculation saying he's playing Bushman, who would make sense because he's basically like Moon Knight's biggest villain. What this guy is, he's basically like he's not like a super villain, like he has no like, superpowers or anything. He's like a master, master tactician. He ha- he's like a master of guerrilla warfare, uh, and also he has metal teeth, <laughs> which <laughs> maybe the selling point for maybe he's the selling point for Ethan Hawke. I don't know, <laughs> but. Uh yeah, so we're getting e- Ethan Hawke joining Moon Knight. That's that's not two actors who I would not associate with a franchise like this. Not to mention they also added directors. Uh, remember that trailer we saw a while back in Chronic, that movie with Anthony Mackie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, those same guys who did that in the Endless are signed on to direct this show. Huh. Yeah, so uh, they're clearly going for a, a certain vibe on this one. So. Uh, yeah, Aaron, Mo- Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson are the names of the guys, so, and they're they're clearly going all in on like the weird like weird like out of body vibe for this character, which is what Moon Knight should have. That's what's cool about him in the comics, because like, he's like this is like this oddball. So, uh, Russell, you hear that Ethan Hawke's the, you hear Ethan Hawke's involved in Moon Knight. Does that get you more intrigued into this into this show and this character? I would say yeah, just because it's like it's Ethan Hawke. I mean, you don't really. I can never. I would never have pictured that. So, yeah, I, I kind of want to see what they do with uh, his character. I think, yeah, I'm sold on that just because of that. Yeah, especially because Ethan Hawke has what's, – what's the most mainstream, like, what's, what's the biggest blockbuster Ethan Hawke's, Ethan Hawke's ever been in? <sighs> Man. Was it Gattaca? Was it Magnificent Seven? Gattaca. You were going to say Gattaca, too. I was going to say Gattaca. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking Gattaca. But, but, but um, I, think, I think Gattaca, like, famously did make money. Gattaca was good. I, I remember liking Gattaca, though. I mean, I guess I guess the closest he gets is the Purge, which did become a franchise. The Purge. Uh, well, he was in what Daybreakers. Which oh, was oh, he was in Valerian. I forgot about this. Yeah, Daybreakers. I remember that movie was that movie sucked. Daybreak, Daybreakers was bad. 
He was in Sinister. Um, I guess that's it. Yeah, he's not. He's not really a guy who's known for making like. Yeah, big boyhood, like bo- boyhood, maybe. I mean, I mean he was good yes, in Boyhood. But that's not like that's not like a you know, like a like a he, tent, that like wasn't a his like. That's not like that's not also like a tentpole like franchise. I know it's just TV, but like yeah, a franchise yeah, yeah, entry. Yeah. So this is crazy. It's gonna, it's gonna be like the first like kind of step into like franchise movie making, for which I know again, again, I know it's TV, but these are essentially like movies that are split up into blocks. It's basically like yeah. the higher end version of Quibi, but. <laughs> Which we will, which we will talk about when we are when we talk about Wandavision on the channel this week. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, we will definitely see how it turns out. Point is, I am excited as hell to see Ethan Hawke step into the Marvel universe as anything. But I'm excited as hell to see Ethan Hawke. Uh, so that's gonna do it for trailer talks. I'm sorry, it's gonna do us for notorious news. We now move on to the movie of the week, and that is going to be Warrior. So Warrior came out in 2000. Uh, 2011. Like I said, the movie is 10 years old. Time flies. Time really flies. I just, I just, I remember, yeah, I remember this was a movie I actually didn't see when it came out in theaters. I picked it up on uh, DVD when it came out. Much like most didn't. Yeah. So, yeah, this came out directed by Gavin O'Connor. This is off the back of Miracle and, did he do anything else in between? I don't think he did anything else, like, massive in between. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah, so... Uh, clearly, that Miracle was well received. It clearly had a flair for sports movies, but he just didn't. He just didn't do anything else. Oh, he did do one movie. He did, he did Pride and Glory, whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> Pride what, and Glory. Oh, it? that's the cop movie with uh, yeah, Colin uh, Farrell, wasn't it? Yeah, at, at Norton Colin Farrell. Like, what the fuck is yeah, this? Yeah, I, I saw that. I did see that. <laughs> yeah, that was the only, that was the only movie in between. So this is his big like comeback to, to movie making. Uh. And despite the fact that it got well received by critics, it did poorly at the box office. Uh, Twenty-three million, twenty-three point three million off a twenty-five million dollar budget. This did not make its money back, not remotely. But it has gained a bit of a following over over the decades. People saying is yeah. citing as one of the best movies of the twenty tens period. Yeah. So, uh, and this is my first time revisiting it since twenty eleven. Are you serious? Yeah, I, I had not seen this film. Shit, dude, I've seen I've seen this more than you. Then I, I um saw it once on DVD when it came out, like so, like there right after 2011, ish, whenever it came out on DVD. Yeah, seen it maybe another couple times. Saw it then. I probably saw it another couple times, and then I saw it again. So yeah, I've seen it probably about three or four times. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it on DVD in 2012, and I just ne- I just never picked it back up again. I think it's more because it's like it was filmed in Pittsburgh. Some of the things, scenes were in Pittsburgh, and yeah. you know, I, I'll have to point that out for our uh, for our audience, so they could be like, oh yeah, that's nice. So, <laughs> so, so, what is it about this film that caught that catches on that's catching on with so many, so many viewers? Let's let's take a look. This is Warrior. So right off the bat, we meet two, we meet two thirds of our main cast, that being Nick Nolte as Patty Conlon and Tom Hardy as Tommy Conlon. They. Maybe or maybe not cast because he had because it could respond to the same name. I'm not sure. This is like right at the precipice of Tom Hardy, though. Good thing about well, he looked jacked in this movie. He was huge. He was jacked. Although man. Th- th- he was, this is kind of yeah. like the intro to Jack Tom Hardy because if you look at him yeah. in like like Black Hawk Down or yeah. like Star Trek ne- or Star Trek uh, Nemesis, he's pretty slender. He's pretty slim. This guy hit the gym. He found a gym. Yeah, yeah. Then he found the, <laughs> then he found the gym. <laughs> And maybe some other things I don't know, but yeah, yeah. So he, so you know, come back. He had the, he had the sense that they just haven't seen each other 
in a long time. Yeah. You know they had a falling out. And something I admire about this movie is just like how much how much isn't spoken throughout all it's, this. No. No, it's not. It's you can feel it though. That's the, I think that's the beauty of Gavin O'Connor's. You do you do feel it. You feel it and I think it's it's the to, to say that you have great acting from top to bottom. Like flat out. Like you understand like from this, even though they don't directly say, you understand that yeah. you know something happened between him. You, you understand that, that um, Nick Nolte's character, like him, Patty, he wasn't that great a dad. Yeah, and so that inspired you know the mom and Tommy to just get out, get out of there. Yeah, but and then you start then yeah you you see that like there was something, and then obviously it comes out right there at the beginning about you know Tommy wants to have a drink with his dad and he doesn't want to, you know. Yeah. So you, yeah, like you, 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 yeah. You, 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 but right then, like just like just with that, you understand. You really understand oh, wow, his yeah. character. Like you understand the backstory there. Yeah, you're like, oh wow, okay. So this guy was an alcoholic, and shit went bad for that family, and that's kind of a little bit. You kind of understand. You start to connect the dots there a little bit with it. There's also where people start to start to like respect Tom Hardy as an actor. Because I oh th- yeah, I mean yeah, because yeah, I think I think between like this and Bronson, I think he earned himself a lot of street cred. Uh, because he he's excellent in this. Well, he's oh, he's, he he's great. Oh yeah, so is, and and Nick Nolte is like oh Nick Nolte phenomenal. He, in this he, film. he he steals the entire film. He is fucking phenomenal in this film, and I will go ahead and say that he should have won for a supporting uh, role in this film. Absolutely. If Christopher Plummer had won an, an Oscar like any time before this, he probably would have won. Uh, yeah, I mean he, he's uh, he's fucking hard. This. The whole roller coasters of emotions that you feel for Noldy's character and just every character in this film, it's you know we'll obviously talk about it. Right. So, uh, so yeah, uh, we then cut to our other main character. Uh, fuck. What is this? What is, what is Joel Edgerton's character? Brendan. Uh, Brendan. Br- Brendan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brendan, played by Joel Edgerton. He's the one. He's the brother who like had success. Like he he has a career. He has a wife played by Jennifer Morrison of ABC's uh, ABC's Once Upon a Time. And wasn't she also in? Um, uh, she was in. Uh, no, she wasn't. Was she in? Not. I want to say. What the hell was she? In? Was she in TV? Was she in? No, that might have been somebody else. Never mind. She I, was, I, I could be wrong. She, I thought she was on House. That was. Uh, that's what I was gonna say. Okay, she, I was she gonna was. Say she house. was on House. She was on House. Okay, so then I'm. Okay. She was on like the later seasons of House. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we we see that the things are going are going well. Things are going relatively well for him. Uh, we then go. We then come back to Tommy, and we see that he's trying to. He's he's, jo- he's joining a gym. Actually, no, we don't. I'm sorry. We see that you know he's he's going. Yeah, no, we do see that he's joining a gym. So it's, yeah, a, fi- it's a fighting gym. I'm sorry. I was getting, this movie jumps back and forth so much. I'm having trouble like figuring out like when when are we where. So, yeah, you're good. Uh, he's joining a fighting gym, and you know, like there's a there's a fighter in the ring. It's like what the number like one number one or number two heavy i'm sorry not, he's might have middleweight he's not heavyweight he's, he's like, middleweight but he's like the guy like yeah. he's pretty much the guy his promoter played by the guy who played jasper sit well i admittedly didn't recognize him <laughs> it's the facial hair the facial hair and the hat yeah. throws everything off yeah so they get in the ring he's just it's like okay we, we need we need a sparring partner he's like hey i'll get i'll get in and he just fucking wastes this dude 
Yeah, because they're and then I, it's funny because they're like, "Oh, did he sign the waiver? Did he sign the waiver?" And then the the front office guys like thumbs up yep, that he signed good. the waiver and stuff like that. I'll, Basically, I'll like, you, like this guy's like, he's I'll let you get. Like, I'll let you get in yeah. the ring with the most almost one of the best pound like, pound fighters you, in the world. Do you see Tom? Do you see Tom Hardy? Like, dude, it's like that. I'm like. And that guy is like so cocky because he's like, oh yeah, no, I'm gonna beat the shit out of this guy. This guy's a scrub or whatever coming out of no, you know what I mean? I mean, as you would, as you would assume, because I mean, yeah. Oh yeah, but man. But man, just the way, and <laughs> this is another thing I really like about this film, just the way Gavin O'Connor shoots the fight sequences. Oh my god! Because it's it's, it's explosive. It's quick. It's it's quick cut, but you can, at the same time you can see what's happening. But you feel it too, like you like you're in there. With you feel them. these hits. Like, you feel yeah, these hits. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So basically, waste this dude, and someone someone in the gym records it. Yeah. And, and he makes sure to hide, he's he's trying to hide it because like oh yeah I don't, I don't want to see this shit. Yeah, this shit is kind of embarrassing for him. Yeah. So meanwhile, Joe Edgerton, Joe Edgerton, Brendan, physics teacher, brother. Uh, North City. Uh, what is it? North Hills High School, Pittsburgh. Oh, is, uh, is, they is actually use North high Hills High School. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Uh, so we, we find out that he is actually also in some financial trouble. We find out the bank is about to take his house. It's uh, a nice house, too, man. It is a nice house. Why don't you just downsize? You could, Yeah, you well, can afford that on a teacher's salary? It's like, dude. And, and, what, yeah, do they pay, what do they pay teachers in Philadelphia? <sighs> or Pittsburgh? Uh, no, this, this is Philadelphia. Well, he's supposed to be in Philadelphia, technically. Yeah. So what do they pay teachers in Philadelphia that they're not paying anywhere else? I don't know, man. And then she's not. And when she works as like what, like a, a not like a stripper, but uh. No, she, she, she's definitely not a stripper. She has a she has a real job. But was she? What what is it? Fuck I thought isn't she like working at a nightclub though? Does she? I don't know. Maybe she does. I think she, I'm pretty sure she works. She does something. I I, I remember her talking about something like something illegal. Maybe she's a lawyer. Which, if she if she is, no, that doesn't make any sense because she would make uh, less money. She's, she's not a lawyer. Yeah. She works at like a, because she always like dresses like real sexy and stuff like that. I think she works like a as a, I don't know, at a point, club or something. Point is, does do, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what she does. <laughs> doesn't matter. They don't. They don't have a yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't matter because the point is they're in financial trouble. So what does <laughs> so what does Brendan do to make up to make up for the difference? We find I'm out fine. that he that he takes underground fights to make extra money, yep. under the guise that he's bouncing. Yeah, lying. Yeah, lying to his wife, saying that he's a he's a bouncer. And I will say, Joe Edgerton, man, I don't know if he got in shape for this role, but he's always been like this fit. But he looks good. Yeah, he was he was pretty cut in this film. I mean, both of them are obviously, but uh, yeah, Joel Edgerton definitely looked good in, Joel in Edgerton, the film as well. Joel Edgerton too, also very like wildly underrated actor. Oh yeah, again, there's so much talent in this movie. It's it's ridiculous, but uh, yes, he's really good in this. Yeah, he really, he really is. But yeah, we find out. Yeah, so he he, he comes clean to his wife. We basically again, without it even having to be said, we found yeah. out that he actually was a UFC fighter. Yeah. How do you go from that teaching physics? I have no idea. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just kept riding that out? But yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, they say it because they didn't want to have a. They didn't, they didn't want to be. They didn't want their girls to be in the house where their daughter gets beat. Girls, yeah. Yeah, where yeah, their dad yeah, yeah. gets beat up every night. So I was like, okay, fine, I'll, 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 I'll stop fighting, but we need the money. <laughs> At the same time, Tommy, as a, he goes to Nick Nolte, who I guess he, like, we find out that he was like this like, big like, hotshot like, wrestling prospect. Yeah. Who 
you know, he, tra- he trained, he trained under his dad, and then you know things went south, and they get out, and the guy he's like, okay, I want you to train me again, and yeah, that's what that's what that's what they end up doing. Meanwhile, uh, Joe Edgerton, he come <laughs> he come to school. This this way fucks up. He comes to school. He's got like a visible black eye, which he should have put like more makeup on. Uh, that, again, but. like dude, like don't you, don't you want to have like makeup? You're like you're roughly the same skin tone. <laughs> I'm sure you could borrow some. Yeah, it's not like oh, they'll never. Nobody was gonna say anything. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's like pe- people saw him anyway, so so it would have made a difference. Yeah. Uh, so he, he gets dismissed from his job. I think he gets suspended Sus- without pay. Sus- suspended without pay, which is a killer because obviously they're they're clawing right now to get money, and now now this income's not even coming in. So yeah, he definitely backs against the wall. You can feel it, and you can see the desperation in him too. Like, cause you know. He's like, dude, you know, I got a family, you know, I got I gotta do whatever I can. So there's so there's only one solution here. He's gotta go back to fighting. Or he's gotta go back to fighting full time. Because like yeah. he, apparently the underground fights you can make bank. Uh so and you know, his wife has to be his wife's be okay with it. And I like Jennifer Morris as an actress. I think she I think she's really solid. She's really good in this. Her her and Ederson's chemistry are actually like you you, you, you believe it, you believe them. They're like oh, yeah, a couple. For sure. You want them to succeed in what they're doing. And this but is, she knows that she has to put her guard down and let her husband fight because there's no other way. Yeah. There's no other way that they they come out on the other side of this. Yeah, and uh, here's another thing I, I do like about this film. The fact that this movie feels like you had two scripts. One about this, uh, one about where which Tommy was the main character. Well, Tommy, the, the Tommy character was the main character. And he had another mm-hmm. one in which the Brendan character was the main character. Yeah. And you just and you just put it in like he's like, ah, eh, they're not really working as like singular films, so you just put them together. Yeah. But in that I think it works because I very rarely do you see a movie like this where they build up two protagonists. And they but and, I, they, and they build yeah, them up in a way where like you want both of them to succeed. But it's earned throughout the movie because of that too. Like what you see, like it, obviously the the crescendo. You know the ending, the leading up to the end. I mean, they they have to they have to have you know those paths cross, and it's just it's beautiful how they how they weave it in. It is like this, the the inter the interconnection of these two plots. I think is phenomenally well done. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, cutting back to uh, again sticking with Brendan for a little bit, we see that he's going back to one of his old friends, Frank, played by Frank Grillo. Again, assuming he was cast because he could respond to the same name. <laughs> uh, who I'm looking into I. Because he gets cast in like a lot of like martial arts and like UFC like type roles, and just like, did he have a background in fighting? Turns out he didn't. But yeah. He did have, but he actually did have a background on Wall Street. Okay. That's weird. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Frank Grillo, not not no fighting experience. He just gets cast huh. as a fighter a lot because he, he looks like the type. Uh, but yeah, so basically he's like, hey, look, I, just, I need you, I need you to train me. Like all, all I want to do is just win some amateur fights. I don't need, I don't need to do anything like drastic or huge. Just train me. He's like, okay, fine. But you got to do what I say when I say. So, basically, you have, you have uh, Tommy, who like think of it, think of it this way: if Tommy gets Mickey from the Rocky series, yeah. this guy gets Wood Harris from the, from the Creed series. <laughs> yeah, there. A young, a younger trainer has got new techniques. He's got you know, he's got more of a got younger sensibilities. Yeah, which it it, it it is it, it is interesting. It's just like yeah, I mean, dude, even even when you were like even when you were like under thirty, you were still like a five hundred fighter. Like yes, I know. That's why I'm here. I know I didn't listen to you, 
and I fucked yeah. up, but I need your help. Please. <laughs> Please, Frank Grillo, help me. So he's like, he agrees. Just like, okay, fine. I'll do, I'll do this. And yeah, from then it's just like a series. Oh, actually, one more thing we we do get before like we get in like the giant training montage. This is maybe my favorite scene of the entire film. It's where Nick Nolte goes to see Brendan, where Patty goes yeah. to see Brendan. Oh, and again, yeah. they you can t- you can tell they had a falling out because yeah, like he's like you know you're only allowed to call her right. You're you're, yeah. you're only you're only allowed to call her only call call her right. I don't want you right. I don't want you on my kids and like. Like we find out that like, he did something in the past, but the thing I like about it is that we never find out what exactly happened between these two. Yeah, no, we don't. That's 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 the thing. It kind of leaves it to uh, to your own imagination, kind of what happened. But just Noldy in this scene where he sees his granddaughters at the door, and he says that you know is that my granddaughter? And then he's like, oh, is that that's you know? And he's he he hadn't met the the other one. This the the you know, the, the smaller one yeah. hadn't met her. And you, you can just tell how like heartbroken he is for his past and how he's trying to mend that by being clean for, you know, he was saying for over a thousand days, you know, over three years being clean off of alcohol and stuff like that. Um, he's trying to get his life back together. So you kind of feel for Noldy's character, the whole entire film, at least I do. Um, I, I, you know, and it, you'd be you'd be crazy not to. But you know what I mean, though. Like you just really feel that this guy wants to make a change. He's trying to do for the better, and it's just like you know, whatever he did was so bad that Tommy and or Brandon can't like you know let that drop. You know. No, and yeah, it's the like it's the way Nick Dolby's able to sell this. Yeah, I don't I don't remember the 2011 uh, Oscar show. I'm, sh- I'm sure the clip that played for his, be- his best supporting actor reel was either this or the one in the hotel room later in the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. And then we get and that's this is where we get into the training montages. We see that well, we, we see that first of all we get Tommy's motivation for all this. We find out that the reason he's doing this, he wants to get into. There's this giant MMA tournament going on called Sparta. Basically, going to be like this giant MMA showcase in which like the greatest fighters will come in. And they just try and you know see who's the best of the best. Yeah. Payout for this is what? Five million. Five million. Yeah. Yeah. Largest person. Keep in mind, this movie came out like right as, as UFC and MMA were becoming like the hot thing. Oh yeah, I, I could say I jumped on board closer to probably like oh nine ish. Right. When uh, Lesnar switched over, I started watching UFC a lot more. Yeah. So this is this is like like at the forefront of like a, what become a massive trend in the US. Yeah. So yeah, I, mean, I do love the way this like training montage is cut because you know you see like oh, yeah. you see like the way it's cut is like like mini like screen like the like, two screens one showing Brendan's training one showing Tommy's yeah. training they intercut they interweave you see like you know a one on one with Brendan you see a one on one with Tommy and you see just how different their training regimens are because you know you have Brendan who's like really like kind of like back like backyard like old school type of training yeah and then you have then you have Brendan, who uh, he's training is more, more technical, more you know, a more advanced style of training, which does yeah. lead into their fighting style. We'll get we'll forget into him. Get to the actual like Sparta tournament. Yeah, I don't know what happens to, like this. I don't know what happens in the next scene, but something happens to uh, Frank's fighters who's going to enter in Sparta. 
I don't, I, again, I'm not sure if I missed it during the whole like transition thing, but like he just like, randomly one... gets hurt. Yeah, okay. I didn't miss yeah. it either, right? <laughs> just, no, like just like, I, you you cut you, you cut back to Brendan's training and like the the fire they're gonna he, enter in Sparta is like on the ground. It's like wait, did some He's did like, he uh, get Nancy uh, Kerrigan? Like what the hell yeah, happened? Yeah, here? like yeah, like did, did Brendan like bust him with <laughs> the kneecap? Yeah, like like. Did his leg just explode? What happened to him? Yeah, seriously. You no, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't catch it either. Yeah, you don't, you don't know, and they don't bother to tell you. Uh, so Brennan's like, "Hey, Frank, you know, what if you entered me in Sparta?" He's like, "Look, I'm ready. I can do, I can do this." Uh, Frank lets him to much to this may of his wife, uh, who just like, "Look, we, like, we agreed that you would fight the underground fight, which you could win when you're beating up like yeah. these dudes who don't know what they're doing." But like these, this, these are like legit dudes. Like some of which could kill you. One particular Kobo, a Russian fighter, played by what's Kurt Angle, right? Kurt Angle, yeah, who looks nothing like uh, Kurt Angle. No, he does. That's why. Like, that's why I didn't like, recognize when, him. Yeah, because when I watched it, I'm like, that's Kurt Angle. I'm like, no, it's not. And then it, sure enough, it was. A funny little backstory about that. Another Pittsburgh native, which I thought was kind of cool, tying in with the film. Um, because Kurt Angle, obviously Olympic winner, you know, hero for Pittsburgh, and um. <laughs> I guess they had tried to cast over like 40 different people, I think, for the role of Kobo, and they ended up thinking about uh, Kurt Angle, and Kurt Angle ended up getting it, I guess, which I thought was kind of cool. I mean, yeah, he's physically he is an intimidating dude. Well, before he, I mean, like you see him a couple years, like now he has like no neck. He's like all he's like a head on a stick because yeah. he he's, like just walks around like this because he has like no neck. He has no like, neck. This was probably the last hurrah here when he like actually looked good. <laughs> This is, this is no, I'm not even. I'm not, I'm not bullshit. I've seen him. I've seen him. He comes in the airport. I saw him. He literally came to my uh, came down my line. Uh, him and this chick that he was with, who was like absolutely gorgeous, um, and he came in and like, yeah, he has. He he's a big guy, but his like he just has like no neck. Yeah, this this, this is the la- this is the last hurrah for Kurt Angle's neck. Yeah, seriously. Like you look at him there, and then maybe maybe like eh. Like 2014, 2015, go ahead and like, you know, if you have, well, YouTube or WWE Network or whatever, check out and like watch the deterioration of how, yeah, he definitely, definitely uh, fucked himself up. Yeah, so uh, we get to, we get to Sparta. This is like a, what, this is a two, this is a two day, this is a, this is a two day of, well, first of all, uh, Brandon's wife says like, he's not, he's not going to, you can go and do this. I'm not going to watch any of your fights. Yeah. Uh, so they get to Sparta in Atlanta. It's in Atlantic City. This is a what two day event? Two day event? Two day or three day? I mean, it's two a weekend. I mean, I imagine it would be a weekend. But I think I think it's like you w- like you have to like win like four to six fights, which no fighter win, in the world would agree yeah. to. This is insane. Well, there's sixty. Yeah, there's sixteen fighters, so you had to win four. Four yeah, to win. Four, four would get you the whole. Oh thing, yeah, no, yeah. it's it's four fights within two days, which is fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, which is because you think, dude, like think like, and obviously we'll talk more in depth about the fights. But if you think about like Joel Edgerton's character and how long he fought as opposed to Tommy's fights, dude, like, <laughs> like yeah. dude, like Joel Edgerton gets the shit beat out of him a lot of those fights, man. He does. Yeah, uh, so. we we also we also see we also get some more development in Tommy's back. Where we find out that he is a war hero. He actually saved a bunch of soldiers from like drowning in a tank by yeah. ripping the door off. Yeah, pulling a Clark Kent, pulling a Clark Kent, pulling a you know a mom who's infinite trapped under a car. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, like, mo- like moms get some crazy strength when like. <laughs> Dude, don't don't mess with females, man. Do not, especially when the especially when the kids are on the line. I'm done. 
Yeah, and then and then now, like an hour into the movie, we finally get our first interaction between our two main characters. Which it's it's crazy to think just how much like how prevalent they are in each other's lives, despite the fact that like this is the first time they're they're meeting face to face. Yeah, and they right there on the uh, what Atlantic City Beach there when they're yeah. uh, they first come in. Which it's funny to me. Well, my first time I watched it, I totally thought this was Vegas. I'm like, yeah, it, what it does beach? Give you that what vibe. beach is in Vegas? I'm like, oh, it's Atlantic yeah, City. It's, yeah, it's definitely Atlantic City. But uh, yeah, just that that scene there, man. It's just you can, but see throughout the whole entire film, and even like that, like you you don't necessarily love Tommy's character just because of the way he is with his dad. Like the interactions with Patty are kind of like. You know how he's like, you know, almost kind of like saying like he was like a fuck up and, you know, he liked him better when he drank and stuff like that and all this stuff. Yeah. And I feel like he's the one that kind of pushes Patty to to break sobriety, I think, in this film, which is, is, we're obviously going to talk about. Um, I just think that his character is just so cold. And I know that he had, he still uh, keeps a lot in from what happened in Iraq and all that. And I understand, then you kind of understand and sympathize a little bit more with Tommy, but, but it's like, it's Patty's in the middle of all this, man. You know what I mean? Trying to like juggle, yeah. you know, sons and stuff like that. But uh, anyway, to get back to the, to the in- encounter at the beach though, man, it's super intense. I mean, cause you get to see, you know, Tommy kind of like sh- shunning his brother for like saying that he pretty much left, uh, he left his mom and and Tommy when they kind of needed him as that bigger that his as his older brother, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and you get, you get the feel, you get the feeling where just like Tommy feels like Brendan abandoned him because like the whole thing, well, the whole plan was they're both supposed to leave. Yeah, with the mom, but he stayed for his girlfriend who will become his wife. Which he tries to explain. He said, "Here, like I married this girl. Like she's not just a she's not just some girl. You know what I mean? She's." If, you know, if, if they had I, broken I up, if they'd broken up, then Brandon would be an asshole. Yeah, but the fact that yeah. they were together, they've been together since then. It's just, I mean, you can't fault the guy for it, but you understand like why Tommy is upset. Like if, you if, get if, it. If, yeah. He feels like he like he feels like he was like he was given the shaft, much like Brandon feels with the dad with the dad because the dad spent all the time training Tommy and never wanted to train Brandon because he thought Tommy was the better. He played second fiddle to Tommy, yeah, because exactly. Tommy was the golden child at wrestling. You know, you you learn like you start to see all the accolades that Tommy accomplished. Like there was that chart that he made, like that Greek god or whatever, how many wins he had or whatever. And they were like, Tommy, did you ever make it to that that number or whatever, like two thousand, three thousand fights or whatever? Yeah. But you could see all the accolades he had, um, and kind of you know Brendan kind of living in his shadow almost, you know. Yeah, with yeah. So we then go we then go to the actual Sparta event. It, st- it begins. Tommy's up fighting first uh, with a role that, uh, well, I mean, one they've been actually played by Brian Callum, but you know this was made today. One of these guys definitely would have been Joe Rogan. Oh, absolutely would have been Joe Rogan. Yeah, and we see Tommy's fight, and he puts this dude down like it's nothing. And I love how he just walks right out of the ring, like doesn't like. No, nothing. He knocks him out, knows he knocks him out, and just walks away. Like, yeah. the fight hasn't even been called yet. He knows it, though. No, he's like, yeah, he, he's, he's done. I know it. He's like, yeah, that guy ain't getting up. Yeah. Meanwhile, we go to we go to, Bren, we go to Brendan's fights. We, we, we go to Brendan's fight. And <laughs> this, is, this is one that definitely takes a, takes a little longer <laughs> than... Yeah. a little longer than Tommy's. 
He's a little bit more of a uh, kind of what you were saying. He's a little bit more of a technical fighter. Exactly. That's where we see the opposites. Obviously, Tommy's your power. We see Brendan's more technical. Yeah. You know? he, he, but he, but he has, but he has that. Um, he has the uh, stamina, though. He does to, to to keep going. Yeah, you got you got so, Tom, yeah you got uh, Tommy who's just a who's just a brawler. Yeah, and his whole his whole things like speed and power, like the, up the jump. Whereas Brandon yeah. is all he's all finesse and technique. Like I'll gradually wear you. Yeah. And so and yeah, when we do see it, like other people are watching, like the like the principal of the school is watching. His wife yeah. is his wife. No, his wife is not watching. That's the point. He says, no, she's waiting for the phone. No, she's waiting for the phone because yeah. um, I think he's going to text her if he like what happens or whatever. That's what, she's waiting by the phone. Yeah. We also see that you know Brandon, as opposed to knocking out the opponent, as opposed to knocking out the opponent like Tommy did, he makes him tap. Yeah, he does like a. I think it was it a leg. Or no, yeah, was it a leg, leg tap again? Like cause he does a couple leg taps. Yeah, this 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 was a leg tap. Yeah, it was a leg tap. Yeah, uh, we also see Kurt Angle and his neck before it gives up. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, look at the pictures. <laughs> I promise yeah. you. Uh, his wife, by the way, turns around in this whole. I'm not watching your fights thing. Real quick. Yeah, she processes it. Well, and again, like the whole reason why, you know, he tells Tess, he's like, dude, they're taking the house in three weeks. We yeah. need the money. Yeah, it's like, I don't, I don't have an option. Like, I don't have an option in three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Brendan has his next fight. He wins. This is, uh, this, is, this, is, this is an arm tab. He gets him in an arm hold. This one's an arm tab. Yeah, because I know he does all his, his, his wins are all submission. Yeah, his wins, his wins are all submission. Uh, so, yeah, both. So both Brendan and Tommy win their, win their fights. Uh, and then move on to day two, and this is the this is the other scene. This the uh, Tommy and Patty have a encounter <sighs> at a casino. This this scene here, man, breaks my heart. And like he's, he's, try, he's trying to break through to Tommy, and he's Tommy's just not having it, and and ultimately caused Patty to break sobriety. Like he ends up drinking from the mini bar, and there's like this like really like heartbreaking scene where, oh my god, it's where this doesn't fucking get you, dude. Like just watching it, like. Ugh, it's awful. Yeah, it's just it's well, like reaction might be dick because I don't think these are words in the book, but yeah, yeah, it's just it's crazy because like Nick, Nick Nolte is he's such such a great actor, but the fact he's a crazy person in real life, he's dude. Such and, and, a great and another actor. another person that I told you I I saw in real life and oh, really? he looked completely like it. He looked like a shit show. I feel bad because like I told the one person I was with the the body scanner. This guy comes and I hear him. Hear this raspy voice going titanium, titanium. I hear. I was like, that sounds like Nick. I was like, son of a bitch. That's Nick Nolte. I didn't even have to look. I heard. I heard Nick Nolte. I heard that gruffle in his voice. Sure enough, I'm. I'm I have to. I have to pat down uh, Nick Nolte's legs because he has metal knees, metal knee or lay, uh, knee implants, and they hit. They alarmed in the machine. And um, I was like, man, like this guy looks like it's almost like a metaphor for his car- like career acting. You know what I yeah. mean? Like th- this guy was an A-list superstar in Hollywood in, yeah. in the 90s, man, or even in the 80s. Even in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, dude, this guy like was Oscar nominated for, you know, the Prince of Tides, you know, headline movies with Barbara Streisand, Julia Roberts uh, was in a remake of a Scorsese film with Robert De Niro. I mean, like this guy did a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? It was kind of tragic to see. You know, again, sobriety coming in and, and cutting that, sh- you know, short. So it's almost kind of like it's eerily similar. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, I to mean, watch, but to watch this, man, just but and you hate Tommy's character so much for pushing him 
to do this because he was so proud that he was a thousand days sober and he was going to do this and he was trying to get his life around and Tommy just was so cold and so fucking driving him constantly to do it. And he, and even then, Tommy kind of sees the other's way. He's just like, oh wow, I I really I really kind of fuck with him. I'm sorry, like I'm sorry. <laughs> and like it's the whole like, well, yeah. it's like he's like holding him in bed. Dude, it's it's uh, what yeah. a, like a what a tender moment when when he when he realizes, oh shit, like I really I, I I went I pushed it too far. I did it too far. I did I I shouldn't have pushed too too hard like that. Yeah. So it's 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 a really nice it's a really like sweet moment between between the two of them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, but during that whole breakdown when he's like sitting there, like saying about Ahab and stuff, like he's like, you like feel so heartbroken that this guy got pushed to fall off the wagon. It sucks. But then to see the payoff where you feel like he's getting a little bit closer to like you feel Tommy getting closer to his dad in that moment, too. Uh, and what's never mind. Never mind. Uh, I forgot what I was about to say. So we move on to day two of Sparta. Uh, and now we have we have two essentially grudge match. They, they set up two grudge matches, one between Tommy and the guy who was ass kicked earlier in the movie. Yeah, Mad Dog. Mad Dog. The other between um, the other between uh, what's his nuts? Uh, Brendan Br- and Br- Br- Coba. Brendan and Coba. Something yeah. I thought they were gonna do, I think would have been interesting, is if, if they if they switch these, they switch the two opponents. Oh, dude, I wanted Tommy to fight Coba. Yeah. If they if they That's had Tommy, the same shit, dude. if they had Tommy, like I, like it seemed like I thought that would have been a clever twist on this. They had yeah. Tommy fight Coba, and they had Brendan yeah. fight the other guy. Yeah. No, I I, I agree. I I would have rather seen Tommy fight Coba. Again, uh, more again. I guess more emotional investment in this, but again, I think it's we saw we saw how the fight went once, but the fight versus Mad Dog went once. It goes even worse this time. I think he drops even quicker <laughs> the second time. Yeah, and they they called it like because you know it, it stopped because Tommy's literally pounding the hell out of um, Mad Dog. Yeah, so <laughs> he literally yeah he, he beats beats the shit out of Mad Dog a second time. This time even worse than the first time. Gets, yeah. the, gets the hell out, and now we have the f- the fight that's being watched by like the entire hometown. It's Bre- it's Brendan versus Koba. Who like would, would they be fighting in the same weight class? I, I, absolutely, probably not. Think, not. Uh, Kurt Angle was definitely um, my favorite quote from this fight. Though is when his uh, when it what the hell is his name? Um, his buddy uh, Frank Brendan's buddy Frank. He says, "You don't knock him out. You don't have a home." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that was the I think that was the that was that was, the, was round three. But it's 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 during the fight. But yeah, that's that's to, my favorite quote of this fight. I think. Yeah, not not to not to mention uh, Tess uh, again turns around really quick because not only is she now watching his fights, she's live. She shows she's up. <laughs> she's in the second row or whatever. It's like, dude, it's like goddamn, like goddamn, bitch. Make make up your mind. She's like, shit. My, my my husband might have a shot here. I better show up. It's like, okay, I'll have to now 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 that you're become, now that you're like too much to become a, become a millionaire. Now I'll yeah, show up. So, well, it's like I knew you could do it, honey. But you know, I do. I, as as much as I make fun of make fun of it before, I would I do appreciate the supportiveness of that yeah. marriage. You know, but, I do too. I mean, you yeah. know, she reluctantly, but she knows that he's going to do what he wants to do. But it's for them. Yeah. You know. I'm like he's doing he's he's doing it for he's doing it so that the kids can continue to like grow up and like have a house and yeah. have like some stability because like and, and for them to actually get get out from under underneath all this bank taking the house shit so yeah you, you see the you see the motivation there for sure yeah so the fight begins and for two rounds Brendan is getting his ass kicked 
Like thoroughly yeah. kicked. Yeah, like it looks like it's pretty much like the worst of the worst. It's like you're like, how is this guy going to come out of this? Like this yeah. guy's getting absolutely pounded. Yeah, and like the the good the, the good thing is like 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 we said with Brendan's stamina and like he's the dude the dude's like it's like a human punching bag. He can, he can take a lot of pain because he just yeah. no matter what he does, he just refuses to tap out. Like he's literally a man of steel. Like he's just he's just taking these haymakers after haymakers and like, you know, body slams and, and, and suplexes and he's just he's he's holding on. A lot of those times saved by the bell. Yeah. And this is where we get into the scene where I, I give a like I give a lot of credit to Frank Grillo in this scene. Yeah. Where he's just like he he goes over to Brandon, he's like, Why are we here? Yeah. He's like, Why are we here? Because if if we if we're just here if we're just here to show what you can do, I'll throw in the towel right now, we get we can get tests, we can go home. Mm-hmm. But he's just like 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 you said, he's just like this is where we had the line where it's just like Yeah. If you if you don't knock him out, you lose your home. Yeah. It's like you don't have a home. You 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 lose Lose this fight, you're not, you know, you don't knock him out, you don't have a home. It's like, wow, you're putting it into perspective. This is why Brandon's here. This is what he's this is the motivation behind it. If I don't win this, I go home to nothing. Yeah, and he's just he comes out just yeah. like a new fighter. Which is just oh man, such such fucking good Yeah, again, this this could have been the climax of the movie. Oh, absolutely. You feel it, dude. Like you go on that, that ride. You know, if you you know, you know, our listeners that have seen those, those sports movies, you go through those bad times to get through the to the peak. Like this is your Rudy entering in the game, making the tackle. You know what I mean? This is Friday Night Lights. This is him falling a yard short of the touch for the you know a touchdown. You know what I mean? For them to win the state title, it's like, oh, and and it's like this all like, and that's what I, we credit these these fight sequences to, man. All of them feel like a big. They could feel like the the, the climax of a film. Yeah. So he ends up getting him in a leg, a leg hold, which I, I know I know how to do that hold. It's fucking it's fucking painful if you get if you yeah. get into it. Uh, and yeah, he, he ends up tapping Coban. Like what's something I something you know about this boy? Like Frank's yelling, like break it, break it, and he won't do it. Yeah, because I I mean yeah, and that's I guess the I guess I would say the wholesome side of, of Brendan's character. Like he knows he could, but he's like, well, if he can win and not do it, he would rather do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so he wins the fight, and then you go to the last one. So now it's Brendan versus Tommy, and it's just, and it's now come out because he's fighting under a different pseudonym, but like his real name has come out, and they now found out, and they, and the world now knows that they are brothers. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's it's the last fight, and again, this is only the second time they're on screen at, together at the same time. And uh, and also just to kind of note that they, uh, I believe Brendan at the beginning of the uh, match asks Tommy where Patty is. Yeah. Um, because remember we we haven't seen Patty obviously since the you know broken sobriety, and he's not in the he's not he's in not the, in the he's not in the stands right now on this one. So the, we're like he's not there for the yeah. Tommy fight. Yeah, so you're kind of like, oh my god, is he gonna miss this fight? But it's it's crazy how much you feel the emotional stakes of this fight, despite the fact that, like I said, these yeah. two characters have only been on screen together one other time in this movie. But again, kind of what you said, the way that you know we we travel with both of these characters. You know, interweave the you know to you know basically to cross at this intersection that we know they have to eventually meet at. We're invested in both of them because of that, and I think that's you know the fact that that's only their second time on screen together. We kind of forget that because we're already attached to both of those characters separately. Right, and so the fight the fight ensues, and it is just it, it it's just, it's brutal to watch because you just like you want both of these guys to win. 
I mean, maybe you want one to win more than the other, but I mean, yeah, you're stupid if you're not rooting for fucking Brendan. I, I get it though because I guess there's something that we didn't mention. Uh, Tommy was going to take care of his uh, buddy who was in the Marines. He was going to take care his of family, his wife yeah. if he if he won the purse, the five million dollars. Right. So so you so you do have a little bit of motivation there too. But yeah, we see that uh, Tommy comes out the way he does. He comes like guns a bla- guns a blazing. Uh, you oh, yeah. know, all, all, all power, all strength. It is. It's crazy to watch because just knowing the fact that the brothers, like, knowing the emotional stakes behind this, like, yeah. <laughs> and the fact that they go after the bell, it's just, it's almost just like point. It's almost just like a thing where it's just like you know what, fuck this, fuck the money. This is yeah. about this is about you. This is about me wanting to beat your ass. Yeah, and but on top of it, it's like you know, Brendan just got out of that huge fight with Koba. Yeah, you know, if you look at Tommy's matches, he went out. He was like boom, 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 knocking his guys out. So, but and, str- and this, is, know, this is the difference. Time. So yeah. this, I, I, yeah, yeah, compares to a recent fight where it's just where the one I thought of when I watched this fight was uh, when Maz Vidal fought Usman. You see, okay. he had Ma, he had Maz Vidal, who was a fighter who, like he. Much like Tommy, he's all like explosive tech. He's all like, explosive starts. Like he's able to, he's a guy. He's the dude who knocked out that one fighter. Like it came, like literally, it came out like ran at him, hit him with a flying knee, like like jump, like jumped at him, oh, hit him with the knee, right. and knocked him out within like ten seconds. I got him. So, the, so yeah, and then you have Usman, who was like all technique, and like that's why. He's able to beat Mazvidal, and that's why. That's why I said when they were fighting, it's like if Mazvidal can't put this away in the first round or two, he loses. Yeah, yeah. That's thing. We have three. Ra- we have three rounds. Three. We have three rounds to go, and Brendan is. We're seeing the effects of this because even though Tommy is maybe physically more imposing, Brendan. Du- Brendan's done this. Yeah. Like he. Like he's all about. He's all about technique. He's all about. You know the the, te- the technical aspect of the sport, which is something that Tommy has has had no interest in. Like even like going in between rounds, you can see that this is. You can see like when he has no fight, when he has like no one in his corner. He has no stool. He has nothing. Yeah. He's just like I'm. I'm just I'm just ready to fight. Yeah. So oh this 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 one is this one is five rounds, not three. I should say. Yeah, because it, yeah, it's a bigger yeah. Yeah, and then we get to this 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 is like another like heartbreak kind of heartbreaking moment because like he gets Tommy in a hold. And he just like, and he's about to be like, you think about the tap, but then like he just, you feel like he's, he's trying to get him to tap out. He's like punching him in the head. And he's like, yeah, you want to fuck it? And he just snaps his arm. Yeah, he pops his shoulder. Yeah. He, he or dislocates his shoulder. Dis, dis, dislocates. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't like fully break anything. Yeah. <laughs> but they're still going at it after, again, because this is, this is the whole thing where like both of them are just like, this, this fight could be for no money. <laughs> and they'd still, yeah. be, and they'd still it, be going at it. Yeah, and then you see uh, Tommy just pretty much dropping his obviously his shoulder down, and like he only has like literally, it's it's, it's you know a guy with literally one arm, you know, yeah. just pretty much trying to still finish this out because shows you how bad he wants it too, you know. But you also really understand what like what for back a better word the point of this film is the, the point of this movie and the point of this whole conflict is not for them, it's not really the point. Of, it's not really winning the fight. The point of this is these two brothers working out years. Of built up emotional conflict that is now transforming into physical conflict. In physical yeah. conflict, like these guys resent with the each resentment other. and everything that they each resent, of them have they, for each other. They resent each other for a long time for different reasons. Yep. And this is like the manifestation of that. And it's just like yeah. this is maybe the most emotionally charged fight I've seen in a movie in a long time. Oh yeah, I mean it's like like we've said before, you know, it's it. it 
it's 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 emotional. You're there. You're invested in this, and, and I, you know, and even then, like, and Brendan thinks like he like this is it. I I, I because he dislocated the show. I'm like Tommy's gonna give up, and he doesn't. Yeah, and he was like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah, he's like Tommy, what are you doing? Just 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 be done with this. This is stupid. Yeah, and I do like that Nick that uh, Patty was here to yeah see the final round of the fight. Because it's basically him seeing what these brothers have turned in, uh, turned into, like what, like what the, what this parenting did to these two guys. Yeah, and I and I and it's and it's like heartbreaking when you see Tommy at the beginning of the fifth before the fifth fifth round. He's like his back's turned, and you just see him like bawling. Yeah, because um, he knows. Well, obviously he's injured; he can't fight the fight. But you know, he's just letting out all that, you know, all that frustration, all that anger that uh, he. Yeah, and even, and even like even, so even like Brennan and Tommy, um, even Brennan and Tommy lock eyes, and like they, like, not Brennan and Tom, Brendan and uh, Patty, like they they share a look and it's like, yeah, I like I know this is tough, and it's like you know, but you know what I have to do, and so Brendan gets him in a hold, an armbar, yeah, yeah, an armbar, and he just like like Tommy, it's okay, he's like, look, I'm sorry, it's like I love I love you, Tommy. Yes, I love you. Tap, yeah, yeah, and then like he just he, he, he ta- Tommy taps out, and <laughs> Brendan wins the fight. Uh, it's it's crazy because something else. The thing I thought they were gonna do with this movie was, I thought they were gonna have Tommy win. Like there's 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 a throwaway line when they're talking to the principal, where just like we, yeah. we can we can do a, we can do the fundraiser. I thought they were gonna do it like like show the fight as a fundraiser. And yeah, then, which they should have done, and then use that money well, they to help. Done, yeah. They could and use that money to help. Brendan save his house. Yeah, which I mean, yeah, that would have been nice. But in time, both went away. But honestly, this is probably the more realistic ending. Oh, for sure. Um, is it just you or me, or does after this fight, when they both, you know, when, when he goes to hug Tommy and they both walk out together, do you want them to go over and like hug Patty? I, I you see you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I thought they were gonna do that, but the whole thing is like it's I, it's, I, it's, it's, it's their conflict. I want, so I understand. But I want that because he was part of the conflict. You know what I mean? He was part of the conflict too. But right. he's trying. He's trying to make it right though too. Uh, but you, but you could see that because like Tommy already had his resolution with his yeah. dad. You can see. You can kind of like see that look that they had in the middle of the fight as Brendan's yeah. resolution with Patty. But like this movie uh, ends. Yeah, I can get it. This movie ends like really abruptly. <laughs> like they both yeah. like just like walk out, and you can tell like their relationship is just renewed. And then yeah. the move, like like Patty sees it, they go back to the locker room, and the movie ends. It's like, wow, that's yeah. it's abrupt. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely is, and like I, I guess that's just kind of the ending I wanted, like where they would just walk over and like you know Patty would just come over, just like like embrace both of them, basically being like you know, I I I won't I won't fail another time. You know what I mean? Like I this is like you know I kind of want to make right you know by you two again or have an opportunity to I should say. But also like you you. I, you, you totally like you don't you don't get like an epilogue because like there's so many like things up in the yeah. air like you know like with like did did Brendan give Tommy any of the money did they end yeah. up rec- reconciling with Patty like yeah there's so many like plot threads that like I would did love Patty to Patty go back to drinking or did he stay clean after you know like yeah, you know like, what what happened that that little fall off the you know wagon yeah but honestly and but I, I think it's kind of cut cut down on runtime because this movie is like surprisingly long I say surprisingly because it doesn't feel that way. 
No, because you're investing. Uh, you know, we're going to beat a dead horse, but you're invested emotionally in this yeah. in the story. You're pulled in from the beginning, and you want to know what's going to happen with these two characters that we, you know, you but you know, you 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 build a relationship with. Yeah, so this, yeah, this it's like two fifteen. This yeah, this is a two. This is like a two hour two hour twenty minute movie that feels yeah. like ninety minutes. Yeah, which is which is crazy because it, you you don't feel that length at all. I, I was surprised no, how short this actually felt. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that was that was Warrior. So Russell, I mean, you're obviously a big fan of this film. So you know, final thoughts oh, on it. Warrior? Just a you know, a great film from top to bottom, man. You know, obviously, you know, we said it before. Uh, you know, you get great performances. I mean, I honestly think uh, Nick Nolte to me is the is the star in this one. I just love his whole entire time on screen. I think it's it's important, um, and it's so emotional. You you see that on the screen. Um, Joel Edgerton phenomenal you know tom hardy you know phenomenal as well they all deliver they all do what they need to do to, to move this movie and i think that's gavin o'connor's direction i think it's just a really well put together film the way they choreograph the the fight scenes i think it's perfect you know you feel those punches you feel like your first person in the ring while they're they're fighting um and even jennifer you know jennifer morrison's character tess you know uh brendan's wife i think she's you know you buy their relationship together all in all, just a great film that I wish would have gotten more money uh, made, and I wish would have gotten a little bit more. I, I wish would have gotten some Oscar love because I don't. I don't think it won anything. Yeah, no, it didn't. Didn't win anything. Didn't get. Didn't get much love at all from the Academy, which is crazy. You look this back, is, yeah, yeah. This is the kind of movie that they would probably go like ape, ape shit for. If you think about it. I mean, oh, it's better than so many of these other movies that are re- boxing. Uh, I, I take this one over the fighter any day of the week. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? You know, you you look at it, and I like the fighter, but I take over the fighter. Oh, absolutely, and I like the fighter too. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying like pound for pound, you know, you know what film would I? I'd rather a warrior would be more of a Oscar Beatty film. I I just I just it's just really just really a shame that a lot of people didn't appreciate this film till obviously after. But but I think it's I think it's finding its audience, which is man better than never, I guess. But yeah, I do I do think that someone as someone who like saw this once in 2012 and just yeah hasn't hasn't revisited it then since then I do think that yeah this movie wow I'm I'm surprised how much I I really love this movie (laughs) like what a ride dude yeah for sure that's why yeah when um yeah it's just it's just one of those ones that finds it finds a way it's it stays with you absolutely yeah Uh, great performances great. Great, great build of conflict. Uh, the way, the way they shoot the actual like fights in this movie. There's just so much I love about Warrior that I, I honestly, it wasn't on my top ten of 2011. But I honestly think it, 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 after watching it again, it's definitely going on my list now. Like retro, oh, absolutely is going on my list. Good. Uh, so that was it for Warrior, uh, Russell. You want to get our plug before you head out? Yeah, Notorious by Chance on Facebook is where you can find us. That's where we put the polls up for you guys to vote on. Go ahead and do that. Um, also, go ahead and join us on uh, YouTube. We're uh, going to start putting new con- we're going to start putting new content up here in the new year. Like we said, we're going to put new content up. So, Notorious by Chance on YouTube is where you can find us there. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram at Chance Wars underscore ninety one. Uh, check out uh, the Boutrieish Modem. We are in the midst of uh, free agency. Well, not yeah. Wait, free agency special is about to air uh, this coming friday you'll see what teams are locking in their three players so it's going to be it's going to be a various even i don't know who's who's getting locked in where so that's going to be crazy to see uh yeah also like i said uh, notorious by chance on youtube we're going to be getting a lot more into that we actually bounce around a lot of ideas as to what we're going to be doing with the youtube channel this year so that we're definitely we're all excited to get into for sure uh, we're, we're all uh both of us are excited to get into 
like I said, uh, like in the middle of the show, we are going to be reviewing WandaVision. We're going we're to be trying that as a weekly thing. So uh, be sure to tune in later this week on the YouTube channel for our live stream review of WandaVision. Uh, we'll probably be reviewing the first two episodes and then the third Try episode. Try weekly. The third episode Friday. Uh, yeah. yeah, and we'll figure out a schedule for that. But yeah, uh, overall, you can check that out. Uh, and that's that's going to do it for us. You can... That's going to do it for us. Thank you for listening. Next week, no poll. Uh, no movie next week, actually, either, because next week we are uh, venturing back to television. We are going to be looking at Mandalorian Season 2 with special guest Laura Kelly, which is going to be a great time. Uh, until then, that's Russell. I'm Chance, and we will see you next time. <laughs>